This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. I mean, yeah, so Mark, what, what was the most significant thing to you that changed that second half? Um, you know, uh, he wanted more. Um, uh, uh, When we went in at half time, I thought that uh, a point, although we got a point in the end, I thought at half time a point would be uh, would be good. Would be good. Wilfred Zahar looking like Palace's most likely creator of something this evening. See the stars of tomorrow today. Welcome back to our coverage of Liverpool versus Bristol Palace from Sellers Park in the Under 21 Development League. Plays it up the line to Alassane. Alassane now half Live commentary from all home development games only on Homestyle Radio. Live commentary. Okay, switch coming back now. Oh, he's played a loose pass, and Sakaja will get there. Oh, Blackburn's come right out of the area and flattered Sakaja, and it's gone free, and the keeper's way out of the area, and it's a goal for Palace. What a great finish! Live interviews. To an Ireland football watcher, it was clear in my mind that we had like a bunch of new guys, and we'd lost a, a, a you know big name, big players for us: Scannell, Klein, Ambrose. It, we, we were never going to just come out the block swinging, were we? You know what I mean, expert analysis. A surprise draw at the end there, Mark. A surprise to no one more than me. We didn't realise we'd scored a second goal. Well, most of the time, anyway. Homesdale Radio. Whether you're listening live or to the podcast, call us now to air your opinion. 0203 4755 That's 0203 4755 Hi and welcome to Homesdale Radio. I'm Chris Hambling and I'm here to host our review of an emotional roller coaster of a week for those supporting Crystal Palace Football Club. Nearly ran out of breath there. <clears throat> 
Joining me today for the show are Aaron Mitchell and Mark Ross. Good evening, gents. Good evening, Christopher. Good evening, Good Mark. evening. Hello, Aaron. You're sounding a little less robotic than you were earlier, but we'll see how that manifests throughout the show. Manning the communication hub this evening is Alex White. Hello, Alex. Hello again. Hello again. You're here almost every week. You're becoming reliable. Well, we don't, we don't like that on... We don't like that on Home Affair Radio. Reliability is not approved of. But Alex will organise your communication today. You can send your tweets to at HOL Radio. Uh, email us, radio at homestyle.net. You can even give us a call on 0203 4755 And that will, uh, if you press 1, that will take you directly through to us. Or you press 2 and leave us a voicemail. And that voicemail can be used. You can use it any time you like. 0203 4755 Just record us a message. Anyway, check out the New Look chat room. It's www.wholeradio.net forward slash chat. And, um, well, today, let me tell you what we're going to be up to. We're going to be discussing the events that led to the departure of Dougie Friedman uh, leaving for Bolton. And we'll give you our reaction to that. Uh, We'll have the latest news from Palace in our News in Brief feature. Uh, We'll talk about the game uh, we had up at Barnsley, which... um, managed to get myself to uh, and then obviously we'll look at back, look back at yesterday's fantastic uh, Palace on Tour Day 3 victory at the league leaders well at the time Leicester City uh, we'll then take a little look ahead to the Blackburn game as we look to extend our unbeaten run to 11 games and finally we'll round up all of your communication from the day um, but before we go any further there's a there's a Palace quiz being held at Sellers Park on the 22nd of November uh, all the details are on a pin thread at the top of uh, homesdale.net in Palace Talk, if you want to go have a look at that. Uh, there's limited teams, a number of teams that are available. I think it's £5 per person. Uh, but just do do have a look at that and get involved. I think we'll try and set a team down ourselves um, if we can muster up the numbers. Um, but anyway, now it's time for News in Brief. All the latest news from around Selhurst Park. This is News in Brief. This week, Crystal Palace Football Club confirmed the departure of first team manager Dougie Friedman, who has left the club to join championship strugglers Bolton Wanderers on a three-year deal. Assistant manager Lenny Lawrence and first team coach Curtis Fleming, both expected to join Friedman at Bolton, are currently in charge of first team affairs. Palace under-18s defeated Liverpool by five goals for three on Saturday. The confirmed goal scorers for the first three Palace goals were Kai Kai, Diamond and Gray. The under-21s will play their next home game on the 5th of November, this time at Crawley's Broadfield Stadium. Full details are appealed on the official Crystal Palace Football Club website, but once again, Whole Radio will bring you the commentary live on wholeradio.net. Roman Mill has gone into overdrive with regards to Dougie Freeman's successor. CPFC 2010 confirmed they would speak to Steve Koppel, saw him as, as the favourite, but he's recently been overtaken in the betting by MK Don's Carl Robinson. Other strong rumours are for Ian Holloway, Michael Appleton and Andy Fawn, God help us. Whole radio sources suggest the appointment is imminent and that the man who is most likely to be in charge is the favourite 32-year-old successor, Carl Robinson. Successor? You mean Scouser? Scouser! Thanks, Robot Aaron. A group of fans have designated the Blackburn home game next Saturday as Arthur Day, with many choosing to move their seats to Block W of the Arthur Way enclosure. This is in a bid to spread the feel of an away day atmosphere around Selhurst Park. There is an open invitation to all to join in. So if you're getting yourself a ticket for this game and want to make some noise, get yourself into Block W as far back as you can. News in Brave. Pierre Bayer, Pierre Bayer, Pierre Bayer, 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 Queen's Park Rangers. 
Oh, I miss those days, Mark. Um, anyway, things that I forgot in my introduction, which I carefully wrote earlier on, were, first of all, that hopefully some of you are doing so, but you can listen to us on your mobile now. Uh, you need the TuneIn radio app. TuneIn is one word. Uh, but if you go to wholeradio.net forward slash mobile, you'll learn all about how to do so. Um, also, we've uh, changed the location of the blog. So if you go to wholeradio.net forward slash blog, you'll see a completely new look to our our musings probably the word um but um as it says on there it's like the radio show but more reading i quite like that little tagline i found it out today but yeah do have a look wholeradio.net forward slash blog uh, obviously the last blog was about um the departure of dougie freedom and friedman and my thoughts on that so um you know obviously everyone's done a blog about that but hopefully i've given you something a bit interesting uh we seem to have a caller on the line already hello good evening how are you I'm not too bad. Who is this? Good. Um, is there any truth Hello? in the rumour that Dougie left because of some presenter's Scottish accent and was getting a little bit fed <laughs> up with it and thought he'd better go somewhere else? <laughs> <laughs> that might be true, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, now he's gone. I mean, what, I, what can I do, Nick? It's. Oh, I, I, mean, I hope we get some Slavin, somebody from you, the former Yugoslavia, and see yeah, if I, tackle that. I do have a smashing Eastern European accent to break out as well. I've yeah, got them all, though. Right. It doesn't matter. Any nationality that joins, I've got every accent. Whatever you want. Have you? Have you? Yeah. Oh, excellent. That's my call, really. That was it. Nick, you yeah. disrupted me Good the man. last time. <laughs> um, no, um, a serious question. Is this <laughs> the best Palace team you've ever seen, Chris? The way we've been playing? Ever? Um, I'll tell you what, first half against Leicester, well, obviously we will talk about that, but yeah, absolutely, mate. Um, I've not seen anything better. You know, obviously the early days of me supporting Palace under Koppel and what have you, I was quite young and I didn't get to a lot of yeah. live games. But in terms of my live viewing, I've, I've never seen anything like it. And To play like that without effectively without a manager, mate, it's, um, well, it's exciting times, exciting times uh, indeed. Hopefully that should stand us in good stead for getting us somebody new. Mm. Absolutely. If um, someone can come in and just carry that on, um, then I think we're, we're, we've got to really, realistically, be looking at promotion. And, and you know, I'm not talking about playoffs either. I'm talking automatic. Yeah, yeah. I went, I went to the Forest game with a Forest fan, and um, he said that we're definite playoff candidates if we play like that, and it's the best his team have cha- seen a championship team. That's one of those Forest. Yeah, I mean, you only, you only have to look at um, Leicester website, Fox's talk, and, and it'll note there's a you know a little bit of bitterness on there. Understandably, it's their website, and you know they they they're um they're sort of. I know we've seemed to have another caller as well on the line. This is getting crazy, but um, just before I say that, I'm just saying that the Leicester fans. Um, <laughs> Um, I've just seen Mark's comments in the in the chat about where you should go, Nick. But um, don't pay any attention to that. Um, the, obviously, the Leicester fans' comments themselves—they're saying it's the best team they've seen at the, at the King Power Stadium this this year, and, and it's just absolutely amazing, really. But um, fantastic! They, and uh, if we beat Blackburn, will it be the first time we've beaten all three relegated teams in a season? I really don't know, but you know what? You've got—you're not on the show tonight, so you've got a lot of time to look that one up for us and let us know. I'll look it up and I'll um, I'll tweet you. Good man. <laughs> Cheers, right. Nick. Thanks for your call. Have a good show. Speak to you soon. Cheers. Bye. Oh, nice one. Um, and we have another caller there. Who's that? Hello. Hello. Hello, mate. Who's that? Oh, it's Jim. Hello, mate. How you doing? How you doing, mate? Hi, good. Forty-two years. Um, just adding to that, Gooder's calling, saying he's at the uh, best paddock side uh, you you guys have ever seen, and you 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 quickly went to the nineteen. I think 1989 side with uh, Steve Cottle when you was quite young. That's right. right. 
well, you know, I'm going back to the days of Don Rogers and, and, and that lot, to be honest. Um, I think the, the team of the 80s, um, very close. Yeah. Uh, great football side, you know, when we had uh, Jerry Murphy, um, David Swindler, Vince dancing down the wing. You know, absolutely um, unbelievable side that is. But this, this side we've got today is, mm. uh, oh well, I've not, not seen anything like it since them days. You know, to have uh, Barlas, Yannick and um, Zahar, Mm. Uh, it's just unbelievable, mate. It's uh, fantastic to watch. On, on, on Zaha, I mean, obviously, you, you mentioned Vince Allaire there, and obviously I'm a bit young to remember him too well, but, um, I mean, Zaha is, is something else at the moment. We're talking, obviously, we were talking at the game and saying it's almost embarrassing having him at our team. You've got, you kind of feel for the opposition. Uh, oh. How does he compa- compare to, to Hilaire, in your view? I'll tell you what, mate. Zaha's the best, best player we've ever had in a Palace shirt, mate. Yeah, without, I don't disagree. Without, he, there is absolutely no argument, mate. Vince Lair was absolutely fantastic. But this Zaha, Will, he, he's unbelievable, mate. He, he's still got so much to learn, and he's, mm. just, he's light years ahead of everybody else, like, you know? Oh, absolutely. I just, I, it's, I, it's scary to think just how good he will end up being, because... He's got that grounding now. You, ne- you can't take away from him the fact that he's got 100 games of experience at, at 19 years old. You know, he's had a fantastic education. And like you say, there's so much more for him to do. If he made good on, sort of on, on everything that he did, because, you know, he can dance around three players in the blink of an eye. And if yeah. he made good on every single time he does that, he'd create 15, 20 chances a game. And, you know, then there's no keeping him if you're, uh, if you're in the championship. But hopefully he can take us up. What do you think of our chances on that? I'll, t- I'll tell you what. I, I'm telling you now, I've got, I, I live in Essex, and it's a mixture where I live. It's West Ham, whatever, Arsenal, Chelsea, Tottenham, whatever. And I, I said to a mate that this idea, when we play Sheffield Wednesday, because we, I've got to be honest, when we played Watford, I came out of that stadium and I said, we're going to get relegated. We off mm. every shit. That's what yeah. I said to people swearing. Um, that's, that's what I said. We were crap. And uh, and then all of a sudden, Sheffield Wednesday, I thought, well, actually, we're not a bad side. And then when I went to the Charlton game, I said to my mates, we're going to, we're going to, I'll tell you what, we're going to go up. I mm. said, we're off, uh, superb, like, you know? Yeah, yeah. Listen, man, after, after the Wolves game, I, I promised everyone if we go, go away to Wolves and we beat them, I'm putting a bet on us to win the league, and I've done it, you know. And if, what, <laughs> what price did you get? Uh, I got 40 to 1 on us winning the league. Well, I'll tell you what, I went in at Paddy Power, and I yeah. said, how, how much was this before the Wolves, uh, the Bolton game? Yeah. They said, 80 to 1. I thought, do you know what? I've never went through there. I'll wait until after the Wolves game and mm. just get like 100 or something. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we won them so, and then they cut it to 40s, and I went, oh, I'm not having it now. I've lost like <laughs> 800 quid. <laughs> and, you yeah, know, that's it. I, I, I don't ask them what we are now. I'm scared to ask. That's um, it. Well, I mean, I'm happy. I stuck twenty quid on it, and I, I only did it as I didn't. You know, at the time after I didn't even believe it, but now I'm thinking that what a great idea that was. I'll have a have a nice party at the end of the uh, at the end of the season. I think. Yeah, well, you do that. But listen, uh, on a serious note, my one concern, mm. and look, nobody nobody knows what's happened with Dougie, right? There's all sorts of rumours, these that whatever said on on Twitter and. Uh, yeah. what were vlogged and everything like that. My one concern is that we sell Will mm. to, to 
aside in January. This is because this would scupper any chance we had of promotion. And yeah. that's our one concern, is that if somebody come along and said, there you go, Crystal Palace, there's 10 million now, and we'll give you uh, 8 million or 7 million over five years, I'm worried that FP would accept it because of maybe he wants to improve the ground or whatever, I don't know. But that will stop, that will end any chance we've got of going up. It really would. No, you're, you're absolutely correct. Uh, you know, there's very, like you say, there's so many rumours going around. I'm sticking to the fact that on, obviously on the BBS and, and home sale to a degree, CPFC 2010 have said he will categorically not be sold. Um, although, <laughs> I'd say there's, there's slightly differences in, in how it's being said. In some ways, it's being said like, unless there's a stupid bid, we won't sell it. And, you know, maybe someone's going to be that desperate. And like yeah. you, I believe that if that happens, that will that will be it for this team in terms of challenging oh, it, for it, automatic. We, we would not win promotion without Will. And that's what I'm worried about. There's, there's Arsenal scouts watching every game now. And, I'm, I'm, and, and the, what's made it worse is the fact that they've withdrawn their offer to um, Walcott. Um, is it Walcott? Um, what's his name? Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Walcott. Yeah, yeah, they have, yeah. They've withdrawn their offer to him, which, for me, means that they've got their eye on somebody else. And I can't think of anyone else apart from Will. Oh, there's absolutely no doubt that they'll... I mean, like everyone is at the moment. Every it's got it's gone way beyond the point where people are just looking look at him at him as potential. He's now you know he is he, a championship level. He is too good. I mean, we saw you know he's so, he, he really is. He, anyway, mate, I, I think we I think we better go on with the show. Listen, thank you so much for your call. Really appreciated. Yeah, uh, great great chatting to you and some fantastic points. As no well. worries. So thanks I'll, so I'll much. Call again, mate. mate. No worries. Definitely do. Much appreciated. Cheers, mate. Have a good show. Thanks. Bye. Some fantastic points there. Uh, lots to talk about, and it's great to start the show positively and to be talking about what a you know what a team we actually have got to watch. Um, but unfortunately, we do have to look back um, at the events that led us to to, to the um, well to where we are right now. And unfortunately, they include the. Um, oh, I've got another caller. Can we do it? Oh, it's Ross. Um, yeah, go on then. Hello, Ross. You're right. Yes, hello, how are you? Um, not too bad. Now, which country are you in at the moment? Um, I'm in Czech Republic. I just got back from Croatia. All right, it sounds very roomy where you are. Sorry. I just thought I'd call because everyone else is calling and I felt like <laughs> if I didn't, I'd be missing out on something. <laughs> Absolutely, mate. Now, I was keep, keeping you up to date with text yesterday, so uh, how are you feeling? Yeah, I was... I was Punching the air in the in a coach in the middle of uh, Croatia that at the result of the weekend I couldn't quite believe it I didn't it, I didn't even know Leicester were top because I hadn't looked at the table for a while mm. so when I found out they were top when I got back I was just like bloody hell did that did that happen <laughs> um, okay mate well look yeah, since yeah, great, great result great result but um one one thing that I was reading since I got back about mm. the um that the so called discussion between Dougie and Simon Jordan and um. Steve Parrish yep. and if uh, they were to sell Wolf in the January for 20 million that he was going to get 1 million um, mm. of that to spend or whatever I'd, I think that's slow bullshit yeah it is and I, I, well I, I, I can't see Parrish I can't see Parrish he's like a fairly sensible 
he seems like a you know like a sensible person. I can't see him saying that. It just seems like a stupid thing to say. Look, uh, all I'll say on it. I mean, again, him, him, and and Brower have come out and said that everything in that that blog that was written um, is absolute lies, hundred percent lies. And for them to say that, really? you know, I think that sends out the right message. But but the other side of it is that you know these guys are Palace fans, whether you call them businessmen or whatever. It, it, they're but they're they're Palace fans and. <laughs> they're businessmen, so what sense would it possibly make to sell your one chance of getting to the Premier League? Mm. And, and as we've talked about now, it, Wilf Zaha is exactly that, isn't he? So, I mean, that's the only thing I'd say to you, mate. So, I mean, obviously, I've heard, I've heard various rumours about Wilf, and, and again, there's people talking about Wilf and, and Williams both going to Arsenal and things like that. I'm happy to, I'm happy to do the. Uh, to, to sort of defer to what's being said by, by CPFC 2010. But I don't know, what about yourself? Do you, do you trust that or are you still a little worried? I didn't know they came out and said that was all all not true. I thought that was... I know there was a small group of people that thought that, that was that's, that was really what was said, but um, I didn't know they'd actually come out and said, no, nah, that's all. That's all. So that's good to know because I, I thought it was... I thought it was a, a, a stretch from the truth. I, I, I couldn't see him saying that. And especially to Dougie Freeman, who they probably, when they were talking, they probably wanted him to stay. Mm. And then I say, you, oh, you only get a million of the, of, of like 20 million. It's just, it's, yeah. that, that does seem like they'd be pushing away, but it just seems like so far, far-fetched. Yeah, but there's, obviously there's lots of things and, and there's, there's always going to be two sides to a story and Dougie will have his version and his interpretation of events and about why he left the football club. And, um, he hasn't really spoken about it yet, has he? Not, not in any major detail. No, no. I mean, he, he just if you if you look at what he said to to Mark and the Croydon ads, he he, he basically said um, that that he felt that, that the ambition wasn't there, um, that, or the ambition levels didn't match his own. I think was was what he was suggesting, and that and the Bolton was a good opportunity for him. And I, I think he used the phrase he talked about. Um, you know he couldn't he couldn't risk he said risk the lives of his kids but what he meant he didn't imagine that anyone was going to kill his kid or anything like that but i think what he was suggesting was that you know with a, with a six with six, six months left on his contract or whatever it was six or eight months or whatever it was that not having a guaranteed offer of and you know three years at the level Bolton or a fring was was effectively risking his family's future and yeah, if that's what he believes that's what he believes but i think it i guess a scapegoat for him not saying uh, I went for the money because I mean, there's got to be some sort of trust between him and CPFC 2010. Mm. If he was doing okay, surely there's like a 95% chance that they both kind of knew that he was gonna, they were gonna offer him a contract and he was gonna get a contract from them at the end of the season because they it was a long-term kind of project. It wasn't like you know he, he had to get us up this season. Even if we finished mm. the top half of the table, I'm sure he would have got another contract. Uh, no, yeah, it's just uh, seems weird. It is weird, and obviously we're told that there was a contract off from the table. What that was and how that was structured, I don't really know. I'm going to bring the other guys in on this while you're here, Ross. Um, obviously, we're talking about the subject of, of why Dougie went, really, and, and I'll get just Mark and Aaron's opinions on that. If I start with you, Mark, and what do you think? God, Mark? This is, <laughs> yeah, this, this is like uh, the million-dollar question. I mean, I've read so much and heard so much that it is hard to really know what is the truth. The only thing that really, really annoyed me about is it more than anything. I can live with with Doogie leaving and 
we all will press on and and you know we'll survive and it's it's not that's not an issue but it was the fact that he actually didn't come out and and say anything himself so it was so instead of him being able to sort of kind of put his point of view across everyone was speculating and then we were getting messages from the board and messages that other people had heard of other people via other people and yeah. everyone's dogs cats whatever but I mean, he. What it would have been nice if he come out and he'd said, "I've left because um, uh, I feel um, I've taken Palace as far as they can go." For example, just for instance, and that um, uh, there's an opportunity at Bolton which I'd like to take, and then he could have finished it off by saying, "And I'd like to thank all the players and CPFC 2010 for supporting me, and uh, thanks to all the fans who've supported me through, you know." It has been a bit of a roller coaster ride. I mean, we mm. were pretty rubbish in the uh, after after Christmas until the end of the season, but there was nothing from him, and that's that's what hurt me the most. I can, I we were players come and go, managers come and go, especially at Palace, you know, more so than a lot of clubs. But it's just the way that it was the whole thing. It was just it was just messy, and I, I just thought it could have been handled better. Do you not think that? I definitely do. One thing, Mark. What what do you what do you think about Dougie with his whole ambition? Him is to, him talking about ambition. Yeah. But he's still uh, learning. He's still in the first two years of yeah. his management career. I think I it's. He, he's I think a lot yeah. about ambition um, straight up. It's when like he's still learning. Like I thought he'll just. But but what the, yeah, exactly? It's like he he's got an opportunity to build what is looking like a tremendous team into like yeah. a team that could could potentially be in the playoffs or could potentially be in the Premier League next season if we carry on at this rate and yet he's walked away and got to a club he's up he's uprooting his family he's gone to a club in the northwest of the country who all right they were Premier League last year they're not having a very good season he's not very experienced as you say uh, I think it's quite a strange appointment on Bolton's behalf and and their fans don't seem particularly happy about it. So it's like we were disappointed that he left us and Bolton fans didn't really want him anyway. So it, it seems really, you know, the whole thing is just a complete mess as far as I can see. Um, well, I sort of get in there. Obviously, we haven't heard from, from Aaron yet. I want to get Aaron's uh, point of view. Obviously, we sort of talked for it. I imagine you, you have a similar sort of view in terms of why um, Dougie might have left, whether ambition's the right word or whatever. But just generally, mm. has, has it tainted it for you, Aaron? Has it tainted Dougie's reputation or is there any understanding from your point of view of why he might have gone? Um, if my voice is still bad, I do apologise. But no, it's, start fine, with, fine now. it's fine, fantastic. Yeah. Um, but the fact was, what was annoyed me the most about uh, Dougie leaving was before you know everything went up in the air and it was sound like he was going, is that he said he doesn't leave a job half finished. You know, he brought yeah, out this, agree, this yeah. speech and interview about how, you know, he's loyal to the club and he's going to see this through and he's going to, you know, if he did leave eventually, he'd leave us in a good place and we may even get up. That that was what really annoyed me. In terms of his status, I look at it from uh, two points of view. I think Dougie is still a legend when it comes to being a player. You can't take that away from him. On the pitch yeah. as a player, he scored over 100 goals and he served the club really well. But as a manager, yes, he's had his good points. You can say he saved us three times, or twice as a manager. But I think now that what he's gone and done, he's effectively, I wouldn't say he's turned his back on us, but after his comments before he did leave, saying he wouldn't go, he's, he's not going to 
leaves the job half finished. I think the status in terms of a manager of him is not legendary at all. And I think even if he did come back, which I highly doubt he will, he's he's not going to be able to earn that reputation back as a manager mm. to be a legend. Well, look, he's going to obviously he's going to have a tough time coming back on the nineteenth of January as, as manager of Bolton. I, I do mm. wonder what the reaction might be. Uh, I'm going to go to Mark and then we'll, we'll have a last little chat with Ross. Yeah, I was just um, yeah, I was just going to reiterate what Aaron had said and. And and another thing I'd briefly forgotten about because obviously we've read so much over the days. But when he said that, and that quote I can't remember word for word verbatim, but about not leaving a job half finished, he just I mean, assuming he did say that, I mean he did exactly what he said he would do, and and that I find really disappointing. And I and and this that we didn't have the ambition that maybe Bolton had. I just I don't. I mean, someone, all right, he may have said that. I don't know for sure. No one really knows. But I just find that a really strange and, a, and a, not really a very acceptable comment. And I think that's, a, and, a, and I don't think that's very respectful of our club itself yeah. by saying that we lack him. And also the board. The he board said that before he was him. offered the money, though. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I yeah. Think before he, he saw did, the yeah. dollar signs and what they were actually offering. Well, Ross, do you think he went for the money, just purely for the money and nothing else? Or do you think there's more, you know, that there was something yeah, I, going I on in the Yeah, I think there's more to it. I wish I was a fly in the room in that, uh, you know, fly on the wall in that room when they were talking, like, um, with Phil Alexander or the owners and Dougie. But um, I think maybe there's more to it and maybe we won't really ever know until Dougie talks about his side. Um, but I, I don't think he... I, don't, I think the whole ambition thing is a, a bit of bollocks, really, because Palace have ambition... And yeah, you know, we have realistic ambitions. Like we don't, we don't need to go straight up this year. Like Bolton probably have to, yeah. but we still want to go up. You know, we still, we're still aiming for the same place Bolton are, and we're, we're doing a lot better than them at the moment. Yeah, that's you know, that's exactly it, Ross. And I think, but I think there's always this temptation to say that because it doesn't make any real sense, but. That there's something else must go on and must have gone on, and I know that Steve Barrett himself was was saying similar on the BBS. Uh, someone was making the point that there must be some thing in the background that's there's some falling out or something like that. And Steve Barrett said, "Look, we, we feel the same, you know, as as owners. We feel that there must be something that we're missing here because we didn't expect Dougie to say yes. I want to talk to Bolton, and obviously that blog and that rumor said that 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 wasn't the case and that." Dougie he was forced to talk to him. I don't really that for a second. There's no you don't force someone to go and talk to another football club. I think it's a convenient thing to suggest if if you're basically in a position where your where your own internal ambition and your own desire to you know to go out and for example, let's just say Dougie wants to go out and spend a certain amount of money on certain players and we're saying that we're not prepared to do that and he knows he can go to a club where he can and maybe maybe he genuinely does have a better chance at Bolton if he can conf- convince them to work to his ideas and what have you. That's clearly what he believes, but it, it does it does seem insane when you look at the respective positions of the clubs. You look at how well, you know, because he's got to take credit for how well, we, how well organised we are. He's got to take credit for how good the players that we've brought together are. He's got to take credit for the togetherness that's in the squad. And, but to walk away from it, like... It just seems complete, completely insane. And you know, you know what I was going to ask you, Chris. Was, did Did you hear the interview? I know there's been quite a few on Talk Sport when Steve Parrish came on quite uh, in uh, early days of mm. the news, and he genuinely sounded like 
majorly disappointed and, and, yeah. and quite shocked. And you could like almost hear it in his voice that he just couldn't believe that like 24 hours ago he was a manager and we'd refused um, Bolton permission to talk mm. with Friedman. And then the next thing he was going to be unveiled as, as the um, Bolton manager. And then there was all this sort of Bolton were upset that uh, we'd revealed the news before they had. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, they nicked our manager. So, yeah, so it's also, so hypocritical, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is, and they, they approached him directly before the Millwall game, you know, massive game against our rivals. Uh, okay, one last point, Aaron, and we'll let poor Ross go after one last little word. Yeah. Um, oh, oh, sorry. Well, Ross goes first. After you, Ross. Okay, go. Go, you go. Oh, okay, cheers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just wondering if. Um, Considering the emotions about uh, the whole situation, uh, room had it. Uh, Dougie was at a training ground, and it was quite an emotion for a while, yeah, yeah, yeah. etc. But I think also, as us as fans, if it was another, I don't know if this is a question you could answer here, Ross. If it was another manager, if it was someone else not related to Palace, would we feel the same way, or is it because it's Dougie? Do we feel that bad about it because of his status? Is has that had a, a dramatic effect on how we feel about his departure? And if it was another manager, would we feel completely different? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I remember when Bruce and Dowry left, and um, I was I was gutted and instant hate almost for them as soon as they left. Mm-hmm. And um, but with Dougie, it's more like confusion. It's like I should be hating you, but it's hard to hate you. It's right hard. Now. Yeah. I, I remember, you know, you remember what he's done. It's like. I hate you for leaving. I can't understand why you're leaving, but yeah, I, I, the anger's not the same as when you know Steve Bruce or yeah, in Dowie mm. left. I'll, I'll tell you, Russ, the biggest shot to me at the game yesterday. There was there were two sort of chants towards the end. Um, although one of them was going going a bit. One was, "What have you done, Dougie Friedman?" Basically, "Oh, Dougie Friedman, what have you done?" And I yeah. found myself singing along to that one, thinking, you know. It was more of a why, you know, you've gone to Bolton when you could have still been at Palace beating the top of the league team and all that sort of stuff. So I kind of felt singing that. And at the end, there was a chant of one Dougie Freeman went up. And I was surprised at myself I wasn't able to sing it. And I, I, was, I have to say I'm shocked. And I really hope over time that, like, I will be able to, to join in with that song and still, you know, remember what Dougie did do for this club. Because he did a hell of a lot for us, including what we're reaping the benefits of now, sitting, you know, proudly towards the top of the league. So... It's a, it's a tough one, but I'll tell you what we do. We'll, we'll end. Go on, mate. I was just Hello. saying that that song singing one Dougie Freeman at the end is kind of surprising mm. a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I think it's too soon for that, but I can understand why people are doing it, and they're, they're rightly showing respect to the things that he has done for the football club. But I, for me, it's just. It's I was too quite much. pleased, Chris, though that there wasn't any real anti-Friedman singing at the game yeah, yeah, and, yeah. They were, and, and fans were concentrating on, on supporting the players and not yeah, like singing about. songs about Friedman, you know. Mm, yeah, definitely. Uh, okay, Ross, last thing I'll leave you with. Uh, cool. Strong rumours that, uh, although at Michael Apperton, has, has, his odds have shortened considerably recently, but favourite still Carl Robinson. Uh, our information that, that we received, um, well, basically, that uh, I got sent, <laughs> was that Carl yeah. Robinson is the man. Uh MK Don's manager, youngest manager in the league. He was assistant to Paul Ince initially, but at 29, I think it was, he became manager of, of MK Don's. Uh, good reputation in the game, stu- you know, real student of the game, youngest man to get his UEFA pro licence, 
his style at MK Dons has been compared to a to a style like Barcelona's, all that sort of stuff. So, what what are your thoughts on that? Um, I only just looked him up a few minutes before the show because I'd never really heard of him before. Mm. He's finished uh, fifth last two seasons in League One, I think. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, it's a gamble, isn't it? Really, he's, he's he's young, doesn't have experience in this league, so it's another gamble. But that's what they seem to want the board, though, don't they? They want a young, young a young manager. Yeah, which is a bit of a contradiction, isn't it? Really? Yeah, yeah. They said, ex- they said experience as well. I don't know if that means I have to have experience in the championship. Uh, I, I, I kind of like almost a little bit. Don't even care what manager we're going to get. It's just like. It's like managers come and go. How many managers have we had in the last 10 years? It's crazy. Like, it's just like, put anyone in there. I'm going to support the team and I'm going to love the club. And, you know, the manager's going to probably go in a year and we'll get another manager. And it's just this ever going cycle. But uh, the fans and uh, the club is always going to be there. So a part of me doesn't really care too much. And I guess it's good to get a manager without history. But I don't think too many people hate him. There's always, uh, when you pick a more popular manager, there's always like, there's always a lot of people, there's a lot of people that hate them already for whatever reasons they've done with other clubs or they've said something in the media. And a lot of people love them. Uh, if you get someone from the lower leagues, not many people hate them really. It's just, they would just, they would just be the, the fans that would say, oh, it's a bit of a risk. He's unexperienced, but they'll give him a go at least. Yeah. Okay, mate, we're going to let you go. Thank you so much for your, for your chat. In fact, you've been on ages. It's almost like you, you're a presenter there. But, yeah, sorry. I'll let no, you it's go. good, mate. We really appreciate it. Um, and, yeah, thanks for listening in again. And, um, yeah, if you ever need me to keep you up to date with any scores, just text us again, mate. <laughs> yeah, thanks once again for that. All right, everyone, yeah. see ya. No Cheers, Ross. Ross. Cheers, Ross. See ya. Okay, well, brilliantly, Ross has taken us through our, our Dougie Friedman chat and the reasons around him leaving and whatever whatever um but but yeah we want to have a quick look back obviously the first game we want to talk about really is barnsley now of, of the presenting team i'm the only one who went there so i will take us through it in about five minutes because it's not really what we want to focus on because we had a fantastic game yesterday that a lot more people saw um the result was 1-1 uh, the palace team that started that day was julius brony and goal we had joe ward at right back uh, delaney and ramage center backs with johnny Parr at left back in place of the suspended dean moxie uh, Yannick Balassi started on the, um, let's say, left wing, I think it was, um, with KG and Jedanak in the centre of midfield, Garvin just ahead of them. Uh, and then I think Moritz kind of was playing on the on the left-hand side because Zahar was suspended, and then you had Glenn Murray up front. And, uh, yeah, interesting game it was. Um, obviously, the players, they had found out around 5.30pm, um, if they'd been following me on Twitter, they'd have known around 1.30 p.m., but they weren't. <laughs> they, uh, they found out, obviously, that, that Dougie had um, had left the football club. And, and obviously, Dougie had actually been the one who prepared them for the game and on, the, on the Monday and taken them for everything. So, obviously, it came as a huge shock to them. And um, as we were lining up in the stands, we would sort of looked down and, and the body language from the players, I have to say, it, was, it wasn't great. And was a little fearful at the time and um the the sort of you could you've got to admire that the job that Lenny Lawrence and Curtis Fleming did there to to actually get their minds focused and on the match and uh well match kicked off and, and Palace were the stronger team for quite a lot of it and um you know that it wasn't that long into the match that Johnny Parr broke down the left and crossed for Glenn Murray just to sort of tap into the net and deserved lead and and really Barnsley 
they had to react really quickly to, to just how dangerous we were. And they, they made a couple of substitutions and changed their entire system just to cope. Excuse me, just to cope with what we did. One of the players they bought on, Matty Dunn, was a target for Friedman at Palace, and kind of saw what he was all about because he suddenly became a bit of a danger man. But but his, as he faded, and really Barnsley had one good player, and that well, that one player was David Perkins. Um, it's a player I remember from I think it was Macclesfield he used to play for, someone like that, or Morecambe maybe. I can remember seeing him as a, as a youngster playing. Uh, he was playing left back in a game against Crawley Town. I happened to be watching. We gave him a really hard time because he still had the same bleach blonde hair, um, and obviously he was D Perkins, so we christened him Dorothy Perkins, um, <laughs> and we basically chanted him out of the game. He really didn't, he really didn't enjoy that experience, and um, that's kind of like he just stuck in my brain, and I've just sort of noticed him moving through the leagues, and he's become a fantastic player. He played a you know a little bit of a give and go on his weaker left foot, smashed in a curling shot past Speroni, and it, and it was one one and. You know, we were worried at that stage because we looked fragile. We looked, we looked like our confidence and our belief in our in our play was had been rocked by the the absence of of Dougie Friedman as the leader. Um, understandably so, and we did well to hang on in the end. Um, but it was a wonder goal, and it denied us three points. And you think about where we'd be now with with that extra couple of points. But you know, draw about fair on the balance of the entire game. But what really came out of the Barnsley game was was just how proud we were of of the players and the fans as well because. Those that went, it's about 469, I think the, the official attendance was for us, um, we just just knew exactly what to do. There was no anti-Freeman anything. There was no mention of Dougie Freeman, to be quite honest. But, but there was no, it was all about just trying to give the players a boost, trying to show them that we were there and you know, being as loud as we possibly can. When you've got 7,000 silent home fans, it makes it a lot easier. But yeah, really, um, it just, just a it was a proud day in a, in a lot of ways, even though we only came away with the draw. Uh, Aaron, you wanted to ask me a couple of things? Yeah, I've got a couple of questions here. Um, I'm going to ask about the, the style of football that was played on a day, Chris. Uh, obviously, caretaker management, Lenny mm. Lawrence. Was it still similar to Dougie's, or was it sort of his own kind of, uh, what was the expression used once, uh, sit on the goal line Lenny <laughs> <laughs> tactics? Um, I suppose uh, kind of like looking at it, if you were looking at it objectively, you might start to try and read stuff into it and say that, you know, the idea that we didn't really push off to go one nil up probably shows that Lenny was the, the influence in that and in us sitting on leads and things like that. But really, realistically, I think we just, we carried on exactly where we left off. I think the team had already been prepared and already done the, the groundwork for, mm. for the game under Dougie Freeman. And I think it was essentially the same as, as a Freeman side, just with the added issue of, of some a degree of confusion and, 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 and because he's gone, yeah, 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 exactly, and, that, and they they did well, really well to cope with that. Yeah, um, I've got a no, quick question. Yeah, yeah, no, go on, Mark. Then Aaron can come back. Oh, it's just um, how did you? Uh, I did listen to it on the radio, but obviously, mm. uh, obviously, I wasn't there. But uh, because Wolf wasn't playing, did we play like uh, we normally play away from home with two wide players? I mean, who sort of took the Wolf's role up, and did they? And did they? sort of play in that in that typical role that we see Wolf playing or was it more sort of you know was it harder to adapt without him it's just yeah, interesting because uh, yeah, no. say we say we lost Wolf I would be interested to know how he would set up and who would fill in you know in in the style and the tactics that we use to play a game where where most of the time we played with two wide men um, listen I think I think Playing Moritz, so he was drifting slightly wide. I think it was weird. It's a really weird system to explain because sometimes K uh, KG was playing right wing, 
and Balassi was on the left and Moritz was central and Garvin dropped back and weird things like that kept happening. It was, it was a lot of interchange of positions, but I think, I think that's the best way to explain it, really. I think we, we try to adapt from not having Wilf by just changing things about throughout the game. And, and in some, it certainly worked early on. But but very very quickly, I think Barnsley's manager Keyfield realised that, you know, if we got if they got themselves close on Balassi and stopped uh, Johnny Parr overlapping, that they would they would genuinely stop our threat, and and they did that well. And and bringing on Matt Dunn when he did um, also pushed us back on the on the other side. It meant Joel Ward had too much to sort of look, pay attention to, to get up and support on the right hand side where we didn't have we say didn't have the natural width, and and, and apart from when. You know, players swapped out to go there. So it, it was a it was a strange one, I have to say. And I, we it, it did show that without Wilf, we're probably uh, a mid-table side. Um, if I'm completely honest. Mm. Well, when you don't have when you don't have him, you know, you, you you lose that that attacking impetus, don't you? Of, of that and that and that sort of those two wide players, you know, uh, tearing down uh, the fullbacks. So. Um, yeah, yeah. We don't, we don't really, we don't really have a direct replacement for him. No, do we? no, you're absolutely right. We don't. But that is a similar player. But there's yeah. no direct replacement for someone like Wilf. No, bang on, Mark. Yeah, Aaron. Sorry, last bit. Uh, yeah, last bit. Uh, I was, I was going to ask about Wilf, but that's been covered. Um, I just got to ask about the left back situation. Uh, obviously, Moxie was um, suspended for the suspended for the game. That's what I was looking for. He was suspended for the game. Uh, now I think he's he's a good Championship defender, but with Par in the team. Was there more of a difference? Because Parr's a, a pretty good workhorse, and I think he's better going forward. Looking at that, who would you rather start left back? Would it be Moxie or would it be Johnny Parr? Based on that Barnsley game. Based on the Barnsley game, Johnny Parr. Yeah. Uh, he, he's just... He's, a, he's more orthodox for me. I think Moxie... I really like Dean Moxie. I really mm. like his attitude. I really like his commitment. Uh, and I think he's fantastic going forwards. I think he can, he can put in a good cross, but I think uh, I think he does get beaten a little bit too much, and we, and we saw that a little bit against Millwall. Yeah. Um, before he got sent off, he uh, that Chris Taylor was a good player, but probably got in way too many crosses. I, I really do think that. Um, <laughs> but it, it, have it's the a tenacity of Par. Par, if, no. he, if a player gets by him, it'll work really hard to get back and get yeah, attacked. Yeah, that's, that's sometimes. That's absolutely right, Aaron. Yeah, yeah, mm. you're absolutely right, mate. I th- I, yeah, I mean, Johnny Parr probably hasn't been quite as good this season as he was last. But yeah. and Mark has has pointed this out before, and it's a brilliant point. And and it's that Johnny Parr might be one of those players, and looks like one of those players who just needs to keep playing. He's been in and out of the side. Uh, the more he plays, the better he's going to get. And, and I think Mark's absolutely spot on with that point. I want to break away quickly, you know, and, and sort of come to. Go to Alex and try and get some of your general communication. I did notice uh, a, a tweet from Lee Ward um, relating to the betting that we were talking about earlier on with, our, uh, with one of our callers, and that was um, I think Lee <laughs> Lee had a bit on promotion. I think he got ten to one. I think he said something like that. Um, but he didn't bet on the sixty-six to one for us to win the league. He's slightly regretting <laughs> it. I know what you mean, mate. I do. Um, but Alex, you got any tweets for me? I do. I got one from Patrick O'Connor here, who said uh, he's buzzing on how we played uh, recently. Really hope we name the right manager this season. Could be special onwards and upwards. Uh, got Rusty, his name is for Twitter. He's put Julian Sproni take a bow, two hundred and fifty league starts and counting. 
And I've got one from Lee Ward here talking of him. Uh, he said, what a great day yesterday was. The fans made a special atmosphere. The players gave it all that... Uh, gave it their all. We were all rewarded with a great and win superb performance. And this week, uh, sorry, I've just lost this. <laughs> I love it when you do this. <laughs> <laughs> and with the week we've had and the players uh, have had, I think it's our best performance this season. Whoever takes charge has got a great team full of confidence and one with an unbelievable togetherness and fighting spirit. Stuff. Cheers, Alex. Um, and thanks for your communication, guys. Keep it coming. Uh, at HOL Radio is the Twitter account, or you can email us radio at homestyle.net. Uh, and as Mikey has just said in our in our behind the scenes chat, Alex's mistake there is a new clip for our introduction. So fantastic. <laughs> we do uh, need... Not one of mine then, for a change. Yeah, for a change, it's not one of Mark's amazing mistakes. Got home very late and <laughs> saw very, very rough today. But that's another story. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> mm, smack bottom. And that was an example of one of Mark's mistakes. <laughs> Absolutely. He said it was a mistake. That's true. Fair, fair, fair. Um, you know what they were talking about? Um, just wanted to quickly go back on something you were talking about. Um, that was regarding Lee's tweet just now about um, uh, how good the performance was and everything. Uh, but um, I just wanted to pick up. We didn't really get the chance. But when we were talking about um, Doogie leaving, I just wanted to point out that something that I saw a post, I think it was on five-year plan today, that Lenny Lawrence has said about, I have a loyalty to Doogie Freeman. Yeah. This is what his quote was. There have been interest in Bolton, but I'm here and will do this job to the best of my ability. I will not be applying for the full-time job, he said. Whoever gets it has a golden chance. He's going to be a lucky man. There's something special here. It's unusual that you get the opportunity to take on a group of players that is so together and riding high in the top four. That's yeah. what Lenny Lawrence said. And when like, you hear that, and and we watched the performance that we did on Saturday. It's still I still cannot believe why Doogie Freeman or even Lawrence or, or um, Curtis Fleming want to leave the talent behind that Palace have at the club at the moment. It is just is ridiculous. Even yeah, they're actually admitting that that it everything is is great at Palace. You know, in terms of ambition in terms of mm-hmm. going places and it's I'm a great so job for someone and yet yeah. no one yet these people don't want the job but they're telling everybody what a great job it is and what a great opportunity it is it just, no it, do, just, it does seem crazy and i, I know uh, alex, alex penge was sort of tweeting us earlier uh, you might remember alex from our euro 2012 shows uh, and he said that the candidates you know the the alternatives to to lenny and you know, obviously Dougie leaving, um, are, are not really inspiring him at the moment. And he, he talked about Robinson, and he, I think his wage demands might be too high. So I, I don't know. How, I don't know what the details. Of, of I that know he was on a free free year contract. Yeah, it's signed. only just only just agreed. Yeah. But I think that's another thing worth considering that you, compensation, isn't it? it? Yeah, there's all those things. You have got wages, compensation of getting a new manager in. You've got you look around and you, the candidates, the quality of them. You just are they, you know, are they the right fit? Are they going to be able to come into this club? And because what we need is someone to come in and just carry on with what we're doing. We don't need change. We don't at all. It, 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 what's happening right now is is exactly what we want. Um, just need someone yeah, to come it'd in. Be and step horrible. Ship. Yeah, it'd be horrible. Like managers say, oh, I've got my own ideas, and mm. this this player should play here, and this, yeah, yeah. this and we should play this format. And I don't much like the freedom Wolf's playing with. I need him to do yeah. more discipline. Can you imagine that? It just drives oh. you insane. And all I would say to people is all those things that we've just said and all those concerns. 
those are the exact reasons why any kind of conspiracy of forcing Dougie out does not make sense because we do not benefit from him leaving. We've we've got an absolute mess. Uh, you know, I'm not saying things didn't go on that that changed Dougie's mind about staying at the Palace. But for me, the only person who really benefits from, from Dougie Friedman leaving Palace is Dougie Friedman because he gets a better contract somewhere else. So there we go. But anyway, um, obviously we, we've gone back to that subject and it's hard not to. It's, it's kind of what's on everyone's minds. But um, I want to sort of take, before we go into the Leicester game, I'm sort of on, on, on the point we're just discussing. We've got an email in from, from Graham Burt. And he said he was hoping to make it to uh, to Leicester, but he uh, was able to do so because it's his last chance to watch Palace until Brighton visit on December the first. Um, but obviously, uh, listen to the excellent commentary on Palace player from a footballing perspective. He says he's after Australia at the worst possible time. We're playing terrific football, all the more astonishing given the turgid performance last season. Like every other Palace fan, I'm desperate to know who is going to replace Dougie, who I think has made a monumental mistake in joining Bolton. Dougie will forever be a Palace legend. But the manner of his departure, without a word of explanation to the fans, has tainted his image in my eyes. And personally, he would love to see Ian Holloway take over. <laughs> he did <laughs> take you much laughter in the studio, and I, uh, I'll talk about my um, my own feelings on Holloway. Actually, that's probably a good thing to talk about. Um, he's going actually going over to check out all the Eagles supporters groups through Perth, Sydney, Melbourne, and Brisbane. So do look out for Graham. He's a long-term listener of the show. Really appreciate his contributions. So. Um, Thanks a lot, Graham. Thanks for your email, and um, that's a good shout because we haven't talked about Ian Holloway. Um, I know we were—he he does he is getting heavily linked with lots of jobs, and one of those is the strong rumours for the Blackburn job. But you know, he's—he's he's a man who plays exciting football. He might be completely insane, guys. But um, very, very quickly, what, what are your thoughts, Mark? Uh, I quite like him actually, personally. Charismatic guy. Um, think he would do a good job at Palace. Experience, mm. and uh, but you know, each to their own. I. I don't think it. There's too many other jobs at the moment going around, especially up in the northwest. There's a Burnley job as well, isn't there? Um, yep. As well as the Blackbird job, and um, you know, I, I don't. I, we certainly couldn't compete financially with Blackburn. I don't think. No. Uh, Aaron, your thoughts on on Holloway? Um, I think he's a terrific manager. He's very uh, charismatic. Uh, he's he's done well with Blackpool. He got him up, and he worked quite well over slightly shoestring budget so I thought you know if he did come here if we gave him the, the money and he's got the tools if any manager comes in and says they haven't got the tools for the job well they're just idiots but um, Holloway is a manager I like to see at Palace but I can't really see it happening with the clubs he's linked with we can't compete with them money wise to be honest mm. no, fair I point. think yeah, he does play um, he does play good I mean although they went down he was there was always good comments in the press and you know, on television, uh, pundits on television saying that Blackpool played attractive football and they were unlucky to go down and that sort of thing. And and mm. I think in that way, I think we play quite attractive football. So I think there would be quite a good match there. But again, like Aaron was saying, I can't really see it happening. You know? Yeah. Um, last little word on this: we had an email from uh, Daniel Weir who's talking about the general stuff and Dougie, and uh, he says, "Hi guys, great, just great show. Just to touch on the uh, Dougie subject, it has left me and thousands of others baffled and confused." I uh, don't know what to believe anyway. Um, he's basically hopeful, hopeful that he's kicked the players on and, and they've decided to go out and win promotion against all the odds as a sort of typical Palace day. You know, the Palace roller coaster never seems to end, which is why he loves the club so much. Um, he says, I, I believe it's, that Dougie's gone for the money, but I must admit that it seems a very weird situation. It was even more confusing after he read a tweet from the Croydon Advertiser reporter, which is uh, that's Mark, and uh, he interviewed Peter Ramage after the Leicester win. 
Ramage's comments were that on Dougie that Dougie is well liked not only as a manager but as a man it was a bit emotional when he came back to say goodbye now that refers to Dougie being I think being back on it was Thursday yeah um, mm. and um, being allowed to say his goodbyes to the players and, and someone was suggesting that they, you know there were tears and all sorts so it does and that adds a little bit of an element of confusion to it as, as Dan was saying so um, I, don't, I don't know whether I don't know what I think about that. I think it's only right that he'd be able to say goodbye to his players, I suppose. But I mean, it's not that. It's not that. Obviously, we won't end up winning the game against Leicester. So, but I wondered if it might be disruptive. There's been talk of, of Lenny being in constant contact with Dougie over Bolton. I mean, really, first of all, I suppose that it leads on to the question: Is is Doug? You know, these players might. Have, there's plenty of players who talked about joining Palace for the fact that Dougie's there. So. Is there a real danger that Dougie's going to come and try and take these? I'm talking like Delaney's contract ends in January. Is he going to come and take Delaney, who's been fantastic for us? Is he going to come and take Moritz, because Moritz is on a low deal? All those sort of things. Is it something you worry about, Mark? Absolutely. Um, it's, you know, if he rips the heart out of the team, then, then you know, I mean, there's nothing we can do about it as fans, but there's going to be a lot of unhappy Crystal Palace fans if uh, if he does come and take, you know, several of our players. And, and he's bound to. I mean, you know, it, it just... not That's what happens when, you know, they take the backroom staff and, and then they come back and they poach your better players. I mean, that's yeah. what happens when new managers uh, take over clubs. You know, it's just... it's. I mean, it's to, it's to be expected. I'm hoping that, you know, that... Whoever comes in, you know, is is the right person for the job, and and can and install into the players' heads that that Palace is the place for them mm-hmm. to be, and this club is going places and so forth, and 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 not be turned turn their head just yeah. because it will only be a financial thing. Because I don't think Bolton are a better team than us. Go on, obviously, our, and obviously our position at the table and the way we're playing at the moment. And let's hope that you know people like Wilf can see the bigger picture. I mean. You know, we, we could be the ones playing Premier League football next season, and Wilf won't have to go anywhere else. He can play Premier F- League football with Crystal Palace. You know, but if he goes, if he goes, and and I'm worried. Like, I think Moritz is a really good player, and he he's only got a contract till the end of the season. And as you say, Delaney could go in January. He's a free agent, and there's a you know it it is why, and that is you know as I said, Doogie's gone, and that, that's history. We'll move on. But if he comes back and start pinching our players. I mean, I expect big clubs like, you know, Arsenal and so forth to be looking at looking at our best yeah, players. Yeah, of course, yeah. But um, you know, but if if players are lured to Bolton and they're in the sort of bottom third of the table come January, or even just halfway, we're we're in the top six, and they get lured away to go to Bolton, I'd be extremely annoyed mm. and dis- and disappointed. You know. Well, I think if if Dougie's got any respect, and if he does truly feel the, feel good about the club, then he won't come anywhere near our players in January. He's talking about Delaney out of contract. Don't think, we still got Paddy there, you know. If if Delaney did go free agent, I think if yeah, I was got, yeah. if I if I was there at CPFC twenty ten, I'd get him signed up straight away. But Moritz, I think he did come with a slight pay cut, and I do believe reading in a, a paper somewhere he came to play football. He wanted to play. Just get on with the game. I don't think having obviously Dougie there, he would have persuaded him to come. But I don't think his overall decision would have been based on because of the manager. Yeah. If any of those players can see that this club is is moving forward and we want to be up there fighting with the best, then they'll think 
that, you know, it wasn't just Dougie who's, who's here and who persuaded me, but I'm going to stay with Palace because I know this club's on the way up. Yeah, no, you're right. And, and the fans play a big part in that as well because mm. as, as long as the players can see us, us supporters not wavering in, in what we what we support and, you know, I think we've we've got a lovely connection with this with the squad at the moment, and I think even though Dougie has gone, and it, you know, obviously it can't, it's better coming from Dougie to when he talks about someone like Dougie when it talks about the um, you know the future of Crystal Palace and where we're going and all that yeah. sort of stuff because he's a Palace man, but well, or supposedly, but obviously he's gone. No, I don't mean supposedly. we support we I've support said, the club, not yeah. not one man doing. Exactly. The players are here to play for the club, not for him anymore and they, and they all know that as professional yeah. footballers they will know and some of the young ones might not have realised exactly what it means but but they will realise and like managers will come and go players will come and go that's just how it is as at, you know at any club not just Crystal Palace yeah um, just a, quick, a couple of quick points I'm not going to read the, the full post from J-Dog 3 on whole but he's talking about uh, that Carl Robinson doesn't inspire him uh, he's not got MK Dons up and you know for two seasons running and not tearing up the league, league one this year um, but he's sort of making the point that the new incumbent won't get the same leeway as Dougie did you know Matt he starts from with fourth and he, he believes it's inevitable that when a man when the man comes in when form will drop and we're gonna, or we're going to get some injuries people will immediately see that as a backward step if we're not maintaining that position or improving on it. So it's an interesting point. I haven't really considered that, that, that although it's a great job to come into because we're a good team and we're playing well and we've got a good squad and there's a lot of togetherness, it is a difficult one because you've got to maintain that. Otherwise, you're, you, you're seen as the man who's ruined it, you know, mm. especially if we can keep it going without any manager of any sort in place. So a bit of a strange one, that. So it's an interesting point. Don't really want to dwell on it. Um, but for whatever, for whatever we can talk about, people like Mick McCarthy and we can talk about Ian Holloway, talk about all that. The, the, what ha- has been said by Steve Parrish is he wants a young manager with some managerial experience. So those are the sort of people we're looking at. So interesting stuff. Um, I think we better move on. Um, so uh, basically, oh god, I, was, oh, I had a little thing that I was going to say, but unfortunately it moved on my screen. Here we go. So, th- th- right, pretend this is completely natural. I was just going to say this directly after what I just said. Right, just forget the last few minutes. I didn't say any of that stuff. So, uh, m- moving on to the Leicester game now. If you have any thoughts, please call us on 0203 4755 Um Yeah, that went well, didn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> or you can tweet us at Whole Radio. Um, and I also got a message from Ramsey asking me that, um, saying that what, suggesting that the Skype call didn't work it didn't work because we didn't answer it Ramsey because we were busy talking and I didn't pay any attention but if you do want to call us mate give us a shout during the Leicester game uh, but we are going to talk about that Leicester game right now um, so obviously 2-1 win first, the first thing to really say is that that flatters Leicester that really does flatter Leicester because <laughs> we we were a lot lot better than that um so the team lineup. The team lineup for Palace was Julian Speroni in goal. Joe Ward kept his place right back ahead of uh, Darcy Blake. Uh, Delaney and Ramage once more with a centre back partnership with Johnny Parr at left back. Uh, Balassi and Zaha proud the, the wings. <clears throat> KG and Jednak were in the centre of midfield with Garvin just ahead of them. So very similar to Barnsley with Glenn Murray up front. Um, so basically, it was just Zaha coming back into that side, uh, and Moxie only made the bench. Um, so, well, um, we played some absolutely exquisite football in that first half. Football that we haven't seen the likes of for a long, long time. Um, 
I, I, it's difficult to know really where to start. I mean, you talk about the goals. Um, the goals came from centre backs. Uh, Delaney's finish from um, a poorly punched out. Basically, Casper Michael uh, went to punch out. I think it was a corner. Uh, got clattered by one of his own players. And obviously, shouted for a foul. But uh, generally, it has to be an opposition player who fouls you. Um, ball fell to Delaney, and we know what Delaney's all about at the moment. He's an absolute goal machine. Uh, so I took it down and I half followed it straight into the net and obviously we went absolutely insane I think a lot of fans and I'm not sure I'm sure you guys were similar yeah. um, <laughs> didn't really see that coming at all they were kind of like we've got no manager we're going to the league leaders they had a 100% record at home you know they'd won every game this season at, at the King Power Stadium um, yeah there we are we're 1-0 up and you can almost no time to sort of recover from the celebrations of that. And what I tell you, that first goal, Mark, you'll back me up on this. Uh, the We Love You chant after the first goal, it moved the stadium. It was frightening. Um, it was. It was. Uh, I think uh, there was even uh, a tweet from Steve Parrish about. Um, mm-hmm. He said um, that he thought that the Palace fans were quite amusing and, uh, and that uh, he thought it was funny that we were singing. Uh, yeah, we we get, get get your own songs and yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, and, yeah, shall uh, we write a song? Like, yeah, you've nicked all our songs yeah, and yeah. so forth. But but I mean, um, no, I mean, uh, going up into the game, it, you know, I didn't really know what to expect. <laughs> it was yeah. just you know, it'd been such a, uh, a difficult week at the club, um, but. Uh, do you I think suppose. to come out to come out and play like that? It, I thought it was almost the players were kind of just letting letting it out. They obviously had a hard time themselves. Well, it was just an incredible start because right from the kickoff, we just attacked and looked really, really like dangerous uh, from the very beginning of the game. And and it also being the Palace fans on tour day was an added bonus because there was. 2,000 plus Palace fans who just sung non-stop for 90 minutes, which must have been, I think, although there was 23,000 there, I think Leicester were just in shock, uh, the fans. Uh, I mean, we were singing, you know, we weren't singing when we scored, we were singing from kickoff, you know, and uh, that obviously probably boosted the, uh, the, the players' confidence. But um, I have to say, like, it was just, it was just an, an amazing performance from start to finish and and but the the first half was probably the best 45 minutes i've seen of football i've seen played by palace home or away for a long long time and 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 it's 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 even hard to just single out individuals who had great games because everybody on their on the park played their bit you know into making it such a tremendous performance i mean will for example in the very in the first like, ten minutes, he was on fire. He was yeah, just yeah, taking. Yeah. He was taking the proverbial, wasn't he, out of their form? Yeah, you, you, His you the oh. was, that, was that bit in the corner, wasn't it? When he yeah. was, he had he had two players on him, and he was just he was just doing that little thing where he has the ball on his foot, and he's just sort of sliding it along, just thinking, "What am I going to do here? What am I going to do here? How am I going to get past these?" And in the blink of an eye, he switched the ball three different directions, danced between two, right in the middle of two players. They're, st- they're standing there looking at each other. That's what they made <laughs> laugh so much that they didn't even turn around and chase him. They just looked at each other. Like, yeah. what, like was, almost, just, how did yeah. that happen? Because 
there's no there's no logical way through there. So how does a player suddenly move the ball in three different directions in the split second and go just, right to the middle of it? Just a genius. It's just he a is. genius. And he is on fire, and he's so confident at the moment. And also yesterday, although he did a lot of his own tricks and that, he 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 got into good positions, and his game is improving all the time. And and he laid off some some great balls. Uh, to which weren't converted unfortunately but you know he was looking and there it is that's as good as it gets on this stage nissan townstar ev strikes again it's an unstoppable van unstoppable just fantastic you can actually see the pro pilot technology in action effortless parallel parking it moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty and with a bench full of all-star van experts there's real strength in depth here that's all-star quality search nissan townstar ev and visit your local all-star van center to see for yourself Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for the pass rather than um, trying to go for, for the goal and beat the extra, beat the man that once too often, that he often does. But, um, yeah, but you know, this... I don't want to, like, spend the whole thing just... No, we all, I want no, to we all watched about Wilf. We all know Wilf's a great player. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, and he just emphasised that even more uh, yesterday. But I think the domination and, and the key to yesterday was the centre of midfield. And I have to say yeah. that... To me, Jedinak and KG were awesome, and Jedinak was my man of the match, personally. And, yeah, and I, every, everything he did in midfield was imperious. It was just, it was, he was involved in everything. Do you think he was... Yeah, mate, was, I want to talk about Jedinak. I just want to make a very, very quick reference to the fact that I stopped talking in the middle of a sentence about the goals without mentioning Peter Ramage's goal. We'll talk about Peter Ramage as well. But yeah. uh, obviously, it was it was a couple of minutes. Well, about five was it five minutes after something like that. We're, I'll yeah. be honest, we hadn't stopped celebrating from the first goal. Uh, corner came in, Ramage right in the centre of the penalty area. Cashbridge Michael didn't come for it, headed it, but you know, basically t- top centre of the goal, something like that, straight in the net, and it's two nil, and and that absolutely killed the Leicester fans. Heard barely a pipe, you know, barely a, a, a sound from them straight straight after that, and, and other than the booing at half time. Um, and yeah, I mean that was the game over and done with. To be honest with you, yes, they got a goal back in the 90th minute, but but that was really it. But going back to Jed and that Mark, what what you said, the, the word imperious is exactly what he was. Um, when you think back to those ten games at the start of his Palace career, where we were questioning whether he was even a footballer, um, you know, it just seemed to be this this sort of tall guy running around in the midfield, smacking the ball out of play all the time. <laughs> Thought, what the hell have we got here? And to what he is now. Which I there's no one I want in that midfield more than him, uh, and yesterday right. it wasn't just it wasn't just the fact that you know he wins every header and he wins every tackle. It was that on the ball he was he was at, he was doing tricks and flicks and things like that. It was like Wilf had been teaching him stuff on, <laughs> on the training ground. You know he sort of danced danced around a couple of players and you know did a sort of flick behind his back for a for a pass down the line and stuff like that. You're thinking that's just, what the hell has happened to Mila Jednak? But what a player! 
But it's so it's a confidence thing. It's got to be because I mean, it, it, you're in a team that hasn't lost for ten matches. Yeah, uh, he's got great players around him, and you know his whole you know his whole body language and everything, the way he gets about the park. You know, the tackles he puts in, he reads the game well, his passing's improving. It's not great, but it's really improving. And and he's a great captain as well. And and I don't think that should be forgotten, that he is also the current club captain or, you know, match day captain or whatever you want to call him. Yeah, uh, and 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 I think he is a great leader. I really do. Yeah, agreed, Mark. Um, Aaron, I'm going to let you uh, get, get a couple of words in now. Yeah, or something. <laughs> I've actually got a couple of questions now after what we just talked about. Um, Mark, you mentioned um, <clears throat> Yelenak is a captain. He's been a captain for a while now since Paddy's out. Um, do you think Yelenak being captain has had any influence on the team? And that if when Paddy does come back, would you still hand the armband to the passionate Irish man or would you keep it with the uh, big Aussie? <laughs> yeah, you have to assume that Paddy can get back in the team. But, uh, <laughs> but no, but I mean, if he was in the team, yeah, I would give it back to Paddy. Yeah. But um, he's definitely an able deputy Jedi, and um, you know, I would have no qualms if he was given the captaincy. But obviously, naturally, Paddy is the the, the club's captain. Mm-hmm. You know, whether he's playing or not, he is uh, officially the club's captain. So, yeah, I would give it back to him. But. Um, uh, yeah, no, he's not. He's a good deputy, isn't he? You know that if Paddy was to be had, had to be left out, suspended, or injured, or whatever, you knew you could give it to Yedinak, and you'd still be as confident in him to lead the team out as you would I, be I, in Paddy as well. Yeah. I think he's grown. I think he's grown as a result of being given that captaincy. I, think I was just about to say that. Certain yeah. people do that. I mean, Paddy. Paddy was a little different. I think the first season that Paddy got the captaincy, I think he, he's such a back, didn't person. He? he did. It did. It made him. He tried to do too much. It kind of took his mind off his own game because he was too yeah, concerned in keeping everyone else motivated and organised. And, and that's why I mean I do absolutely I love what Paddy does. I really do. He, I think he's a fantastic captain for the, for the football club. Um, you know, may maybe not the best defender in the world, but he's certainly a very capable centre back at this level. But I just I just think he's you know he's he's able to focus. But I think Jedinak has. As rather than than let it distract him, has absolutely relished the responsibility. I think he loves being the leader out there. I think he loves being the one that people can turn to, and I think he's generally he's an imposing figure. And I think he abs he pretty much just without even having to do anything, he scared the Leicester midfielders off the ball. <laughs> so you know they they got the ball and they thought I don't want this. That that giant Australian man's going to come and get it. I don't want it. <laughs> and they, try, they just they just kind of shifted it straight away. And it's um yeah, I mean it, it, yeah, you can't. In terms of a performance, a midfield performance, it it was perfection. I've seen people giving him sort of nines out of ten and stuff. For me, it's ten out of ten. You know, if you're judging mm. it out of ten, if that's what you want to do, that he did nothing. There was nothing he could have done any more than what he did. And KG wasn't far behind. Let's not forget oh, no. that guy. The two of them together, and KG does more. It just gets forward a hell of a lot more than than, than he used to. Um, you know, he's a great asset to have. And in attacking sense as well, he's he's sort of the box to box one. Jednak sits more more than KG does, and the two of them together, they, they can't now. For some, you know, it's amazing how it's the two same players who turned it around. Well, that's but just they, what I was going to say to you. It was like it's like having two new signings because we lost Jednak for what, the last ten games of last season, and and we really missed him, and it showed. And KG was just like ten stone heavier, and 
not not mobile and yeah. just didn't you know seem to be interested or you know couldn't get around the park is all aspects of his game were just poor and and then they've come back pre-season got themselves fit jedi's come in as captain that's probably helped his game as you already mentioned mm. kg's fit and together they're awesome in the middle they are two big blokes i mean if you are a uh, uh, little uh ballerina of a midfield player you wouldn't want to face jedi and kg would you i mean let's be no, honest no. <laughs> they are um, big guys <laughs> yeah so i mean listen i'm very conscious of of, of of how long we've been dwelling on a lot of things but you know, great to have you all still with us we'll try not to keep you too much longer i don't you obviously don't listen to us all, all evening especially not with x factor on a eh? hope you're recording oh. it. Uh, it's amazing we have to compete against x factor i think we've probably got more viewers than them anyway um <clears throat> Excuse me. Obviously, there's a few other people worth mentioning. Um, yeah. Uh, I want to talk to you about your comment about the referee as well in a minute, Mark, because I've noticed yeah. on our show document. That's something that's worth a discussion in its own. Uh, obviously, you've given your man of the matches, Jed and Nack. I, I, I completely agree. Um, well, I, I, just, I really want to... You've, you've highlighted Balassi um, and his finishing. Um, I don't want to dwell too much on it, but Balassi had essentially an open goal, obviously, um, after robbing... Yeah, he did the hard work, rubbed the ball off Schmeichel. Uh, there was one defender between him and the net. You know, it's now he'll look at it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now he'll look at it and think to himself, yeah, I probably probably should have taken that on a few steps and, and waited for the angle and then sort of slotted it in. But he wasn't able to do that. Um, he unfortunately just passed it straight to the defender, effectively. And, that, I mean, that was, that was an injury time, but I think we said about two minutes. He put his head in his hands, and I think his head remained in his hands for the rest of the two minutes. <laughs> he just absolutely couldn't believe what he did. Right. Um, I anyway, I, again, I want to I want to mention Peter Ramage. Uh, he got a goal t- uh, today, uh, today, yesterday, um, and I, I'm delighted for him because I mean, people always want to pick a weak link, I and mean, we've been conceding a lot of goals um, overall, which has been outscoring teams, which has been fantastic for us in, in terms of entertainment. But Obviously, people always like to, you know, it's like us, we like to analyse everything. We like to look at what's, you know, what's going on. And Peter Ramage has often been singled out as the weak link in the back because Delaney gives us the, the goals and, and, and a solid presence there and has really turned the defence around uh, in terms of well, con- certainly conceding at set pieces because they had 16 corners and they didn't get near the goal. So, um, But Ramage, I think, is, a, is something of an unsung hero um, because he has... He is exactly the man you need in in a situation like we've currently got, um, which is which is a club that technically could end up in turmoil. It could, you know, no manager. He he's another leader, and he's another, um, you know, another calming influence around the place. He's got experience, and and again, he's a great last stitch defender. We've got a few of those, and I, and I've noticed that certainly against Millwall, again up at up at Barnsley, and and again in this Leicester game. Uh, our our ability to get in the way of that luck, the shot, you know, the kind of the last moment. Uh, Leicester fans were bemoaning their finishing, but they they had plenty of chances, um, but their shots didn't get didn't well, other than probably on four occasions, really didn't get to to Jules to test him because people like Ramage and Delaney and Ward and Part are getting blocks in last ditch mm. blocks. They're absolutely killing themselves to get there, get their body in the way, and that's that's. I just think. Ramage is someone who who epitomises that. He's an, he's an unsung hero, but and he deserved that goal. And you know, although I would probably put Paddy in ahead of him, um, I think he's he's certainly benefited from being alongside Delaney Ramage. 
I think we've seen what a good defender he is alongside you know, a very strong presence in Damien Delaney. So I'm very happy with, 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 with the way defence is going. I wish we could get, wish we could have held on just that little bit more for that clean sheet because it would have made that <laughs> point a lot more, um, you know, relevant. And, and also it would lead us to the next point, Mark, which is what would have been a fair scoreline. What, what, what's your opinion? <clears throat> well, whether it was a fair scoreline? No, what would have been a fair scoreline? Oh, um, well, I, to be fair, Jules did have to make a couple of smart stops, mm. but just a, a couple rather than a barrage of, of chances that they had. Um, yeah. um, I don't think... I, I mean, I thought 2-0 was probably a fair score. I, I mean, we could have gone in 3 or 4-0 up at half-time, mm. and as the chance that Balassi missed to put us 3-0 up was, was probably one of the worst misses of the season. But, I mean we'll let him off because we were 2-0 up at the time but if that was to win the match I think we might have a few words but I have, I'd like to just say that I think Glenn Murray is is a bit of an unsung hero as well because he, you know, if he's not scoring he doesn't really get much of a mention but yeah. I thought he held the ball up superbly yesterday and he gets back and he, his work rate is is, is superb and, and you know, even if he doesn't get on the score sheet, he's always contributing and, and you know, I know people are a bit indifferent about Murray and, you know, some like, he's sort of a bit like Marmite kind of thing. But um, I think, you know, that he is, he, and a particular, I mean, he was very good yesterday away from home and he was very isolated. He was doing, you know, the job purely on his own. But quite often when, we're, um, when he plays with Moritz, they, they seem to have a very good understanding and they link up very well. Yeah, and yeah. Quite an ag- attacking twosome and I was quite surprised which was another point I don't know if we've got time I was going to bring up that Moritz didn't play because Moritz seems to play in all the um was it the home, home games home the, games yeah yeah, yeah it so was, so, it, so it's like a Barnsley because um because obviously Wilf was out but yeah yeah but um I was kind of I don't know they, they, it's obviously a, a bit more of a safer option to play Garvin than it is Moritz because Garvin's is a percentage player really more than Moritz is, isn't he? And he's he's a more defence-minded player. But uh, so it's a bit of a lonely job for Glenn Murray out front on his own. And I think he does a, a cracking job, and I think you know he should be applauded for the work rate and the running um, and everything yeah. that he does. You know, you're you're correct, Mark. And and the interesting thing is that our centre backs were our, our best attackers, and Glenn Murray was probably our best defender yesterday. So <laughs> yeah. it's a bit of a strange exactly, one. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was he was excellent, <laughs> Glenn Murray. Um, probably made um, the centre half. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, there's, I, I think there's a couple of things we can kind of of uh, not really go into in any major detail about with the time as it is. But um, I, again, um, you talked. You said the referee was excellent. Leicester fans felt he was awful. Yeah, well, uh, I, have to, I have to admit, I can kind of see their point on a couple of things. Although, if there's any Leicester fans listening, it, it absolutely wasn't a handball. I actually, I thought it was on the day as well. I admit it, I thought it was a handball. Although I got four times, I decided it was a different player, but it was definitely not a handball. I think it was the shoulder. <clears throat> yeah. Well, well, you're always going to moan about the ref if you lose anyway. But I mean, that's standard procedure. But uh, what do you um, think was excellent? What I thought was good is that he was in control of the game from the start, right? And the week before, we watched the Phil Dowd show at Celeste, yeah. and it was like, 
Higher or lower? Because it was going to be the cards were coming out, weren't they? Left, right, they centre, were, yeah. straight away. Well, hey, you know, this is a card game and I'm, I'm in charge and I'm the boss. Look at me. And I, the bloke just irritates me beyond belief. And irritate is being polite. Anyway, <laughs> the thing about yesterday's ref, he wasn't a well-known like, official that, you know, uh, unsurprisingly, considering it was top versus fourth. Um, and he just got on the game and... And then what he did, which was almost unbelievable, and I was saying to people around me, I said, look, he's actually working with his linesmen to, to get the correct decision. Like, he's talking with them, he's consulting them, and as a team, they worked really well. And the yeah. classic incident was when Murray kicked the ball out of, as Michael was about to um, take a free kick in the second half, yeah, yeah, yeah. but from the wrong place. Normally, the ref runs straight over, whips the card out, you know, gives the, the uh, forward, you know, uh, what for and, you know, uh, right rollicking and so on. And this time, the ref, he doesn't obviously see exactly what happens. He goes to the linesman. The linesman tells him that Schmeichel's taking it from the wrong spot. And he just says, waves Murray off and just tells Schmeichel to move the ball and take it from the correct spot. And, and... It was just refreshing. From my point of view, I thought it was refreshing. And, and it was good to see that, that, that you know, the ref didn't think that he had to make all the decisions like the throw-ons. And, and, and I thought, I, and if there wasn't anything, I know the, there was this talk about this handball, but there wasn't any major controversial incidents where he was surrounded by people, you know, because they didn't agree with anything he did. So he must have been doing something right because the ref wasn't the focal point of the game. We're not talking about the referee a lot of games ago there were games today in the premiership where the refs and the linos messed up and all they're talking about is we should have had a game i haven't seen it i'm going to watch it on match of the day tonight but i've i've heard it on the radio and yesterday wasn't about the ref yesterday was about the top of the table team taking on palace and palace basically destroyed them and all i'm saying is it was nice that the ref wasn't the center of attention he was in control he gave a couple of cards out I mean, Moxie got booked nine seconds after coming on. I mean, is that some kind of record? <laughs> He'd just been sent, sent off. Probably a personal best, the, I think. Yeah, sent off the, the week before and nine seconds to get booked. That's, like, yeah. unbelievable. That is, yeah. It's just, like, I mean, if anyone knows if anyone's got booked quicker, then a Palace Forget the world's quicker. quickest goal. World's quickest yeah. yellow card. Yeah. It was. <laughs> but, I, I, you know, I don't like... I'm, not, I'm only standing up for the rest because we always get shit refs. You know, it's all that ever gets sung at Sellers anyway, and probably gets sung at most grounds. And I just thought that he, he bossed the game well, and he wasn't the big I am, and he just communicated well. And, and as I said, there was no huge incidents, so the ref did his job, and then he you know, got in his car and went home. Job done. We, yeah. we, didn't, we didn't leave the game going, the ref, if he'd given us that, he didn't see that handball. He didn't see that trip. That should have been a penalty. That should have, guy should have been sent off. You know, it, it, yeah. it, it weren't about that. And, that's, and all I'm just trying to emphasize is today yeah. in the Premiership, all these high-profile refs supposed to you know, know what's going on. And we had a, a, a ref who no one really knew, as far as I'm aware, uh, have what I would consider uh, a, a good game in modern-day football where he wasn't the center of attention. And okay, that's well, I just well, love saying yeah. that. I know you're, you're making that point, and I, and I agree with you from a Palace perspective. All I, all I would say is, if you um, if you read a, a couple of Leicester forums, you, you they may have a different opinion to you on that one. Fine, but uh, yeah, like you say, it, it, it is the way when you lose a football match. Um, 
and I have to say, if, they haven't really got much cause for complaint. And most of them have been very fair in in admitting as much that they they were the you know they were beaten by a better team. Um, mm. Yes, they feel a bit aggrieved by some of the decisions, and and some of them quite rightly pointed out that there were a couple of fouls on Wilf that that went ignored. And you're going to get that. I didn't I didn't think the referee was. I, th- I kind of agree with what you're saying. That he, I didn't think he was excellent, but I didn't think he was terrible. I just think he did just the right thing. thought he was thing. fair, wasn't he? He was just he was, fair. He did the right, yeah, exactly. I felt he was consistent and he did the right thing by not being noticeable. I think we looked at Yeah, that is exactly. That's what you yeah. want. You, you don't want the ref to be the main man. We don't yeah, go to. Right. I don't pay to watch the ref. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. <laughs> that's all I'm um, saying. You know. Right, listen, we're going to very, very quickly. Uh, I'm going to go to Alex if he can take us through the four-word reviews. So he picked out some of the best ones. Um, if you can just read them out for us, mate. And um, then after that, we'll, we'll pop back to Aaron for a question. Uh, I've got one email I want to deal with. And then, and then we'll quickly preview Blackburn and, and let you all go. So, uh, Alex, if you could. Yeah, got a few for you. Got from Dan King. Says, sign Delaney now, please. Uh, Stuart Linehan says, Dougie Who, Mighty Eagles. Nick Redmond simply says, yes, 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 yes. Uh, Nigel Croucher says, Claridge, what's the score? Uh, All-time Joe says, what have you done? Uh, Rob Askew says, whoa, whoa, Dougie Who. And Wayne Gallagher says, who needs Dougie anyway? <laughs> so the lyrics to a song. Um, Aaron, if you want to ask your, your question. No, I was just going to say, I'm surprised no one's put Who Let The Doog out. But, you know, anyway... Um, we're all happy after the Leicester game. I have well, to say, can, sorry, Aaron, can I just interrupt you? Are you pinching your nose while talking at the moment? <laughs> I'm not. My oh, throat okay. is going funny again, I'll say. I'm suffering, man. I don't think it's that. <laughs> Go on, sorry, mate. Sorry to interrupt. Carry on. Yeah, the, the atmosphere in the Leicester game was great, and afterwards we all feel fantastic about the win. What, what was the atmosphere going into the game, getting up to the ground? After that Barnsley draw, we're still not sure what's going on. What, from the both of you, Chris and Mark, what was your feeling going into the game. Were you quite anxious? Were you nervous about what was going to happen? What was your overall feeling of the well, mine, recent events and going into the game? Mine's, mine's going to be quick, so I'll, I'll let Mark answer that in a bit more detail. But, I mean, personally, um, I travelled travelled up sort of by minibus. All the talk on the way up was... Well, not all the talk. Most of the talk I can't really repeat, but the Palace-related <laughs> talk and, and the general feeling was... Um, you know, as, as, as just being slightly concerned about the future. We all, we all kind mm. of felt that... You know, going to the league leaders with um, with no, no manager, manager which no manager was going to be was going to end in a defeat, and we just wanted to get up there and support the support the team through that, and and let them know that that we were there to support them, and, that, and that's all we really wanted to do. Uh, uh, Mark uh, travelled up by train and would have probably interacted with a few more people, might have a different take. No, no one would talk to me. <laughs> oh. said, Who, who's that? Who's that drunk on the chuffer? Anyway, they said, no, I was I was kind of like. In the week, I was I was concerned, but come the day, come a few hours, they say, I was thinking, well, we've been playing some pretty good football this season, and, you know, if we can play the same sort of football, despite the circumstances, we could get something out of this game. I didn't think we'd win, but I, I thought we might get something out of the game, mm-hmm. and we did, but uh, I, was, um, I was trying to sort of not really focus on, on Friedman, really, and just focus on... I was interested in who was going to start, who was starting the team, and whether Lenny Lawrence was going to change things dramatically from what you know how we've been set up and how we you know were going to yeah. you know uh, approach the game uh, because obviously um, you know 
he that. might have his own uh, I- he might yeah. he might have his own ideas so you know uh, but uh you know when i when i got into the ground and i surrounded you know 2000 palace fans singing and chanting uh it was just get behind the team and uh you know and um and and the players you know they Responded. did it for themselves yeah. and they did it and they did it for us yeah yeah, I have to admit, I was really nervous. I didn't think we'd get anything from it. But hey, prove me wrong. <laughs> Absolutely. No, mate, you, you weren't on your own there. We're, we're all happy to be proved wrong. But I think the the most important thing for us, uh, hopefully I'm, people don't mind me speaking for them, but I think pretty much every Palace fan there, their only consideration was just just to get there and support the team. And, and that's yeah. what we did. And I think, you know, without being too big-headed, I think as a, as a as a group of supporters, I think we taught Leicester a bit of a lesson, um, not just in taking the mickey out of them for trying to steal all of our, all our songs, but we, we taught them a lesson in what, what it's about, what supporting your team's about, because they were awful. Uh, they had 23,000 people in that stadium, and, you know... Soulless, two, though, two, wasn't two, uh, just, I hate to do this because I really wanted to move us on, but, um, but we, we've had two home games... Um, prior to the Millwall game where we were 2-0 down at home um, and we did not stop singing we carried on supporting that team right and that, that's what you do no one got booed off or anything like that um, as soon as it, the second goal went in that was it for them they it's, it's like right, everyone they was all for their half time pasties weren't they yeah, yeah people were leaving the state sort of leaving for the for half time with, with 10 minutes still to go in the half um, the stadium was sort of half emptied by, by with 10 minutes to go yeah, I think we we forget how lucky we are as Palace fans. Sometimes I think sometimes we get caught up in, you know, the views of a, of a minority or the attitude of a minority of our supporters, and we start criticising other fans and whatever. But when you look at what what we're like as as a supporter base in general, you know, we've got a lot to be proud of, and we shouldn't really listen to teams giving us grief or calling us names or whatever because we let's say we've got a lot to be proud of as supporters. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to I want to end Chris. the Leicester chat. Um, if I, can. I just on, wanted on. to ask you a quick question. You and Aaron, this was something I was thinking about uh, on the way home. Do you th- our waveform? I think I believe it's currently the best in the championship. Uh, I, I, from what I can uh, establish, anyway. But our tactics uh, and and our squad. Do you think they're more suited to away games? In other words, playing counter-attacking breakaway yeah, football yeah. with two wingers. And all our players are capable of scoring goals right from the defence right through to the forwards, and you know, and and obviously the midfield players. And do you think our setup makes us more effective away than at home? Because I think I think um, just by the sheer number of points that we've got away from home, that playing with two wide men, uh, you know, it doesn't have the same effect at home because obviously. Mm. The away the team that comes to Selhurst is trying to spoil the game, whereas we're we're on the break and we're counterattacking all the time as the away team when we go to other people's grounds. So I'm I'm wondering how we can address that balance back at Selhurst to make yeah, it more I'll, effective I'll, at home. I'll, I'll try and say as quick as I can. Like my my personal belief, and I'm not saying I'm right or wrong or whatever. I, this is just what I think. I think you're absolutely right. Our current system is set up better as counterattacking football. Uh, and so that obviously works better away from home. And I think the fact that our, our set system is like that, I think that's a lot of the reason why we were struggling at home. Uh, not so much now, but we, I think a lot of that was. We were struggling at home because teams naturally didn't didn't come and attack us like they would at their at their grounds. Um, we've got we've got a little bit of a thing that's going to come up soon. It's not really come up yet, um, but something's going to happen soon where teams are going to stop considering us as you know struggling Palace or no money Palace or you know, 
one man team palace or anything like that they're going to start re- realizing that we're we're one of we the best teams in the league yeah, oh, and, oh, then oh, and then then they're going to de- defend as much, and we've mm. got. Oh, we're going to have to suddenly be faced with a team that's suited to quick counter attacking, you know, all pace, skill, all that sort of stuff, using people like Will from Balassi on the wings, you know, and creating those chances. We're going to have to suddenly deal with the fact that people are not going to are just going to sit back and let us do it. Um, Aaron, if you want to make a really quick point on that, and then we'll we'll move on. Yeah, sure. I think it's more. We've got a much more balanced squad now. We've got a defence that is very hard working. It's a, it, they always want to make the challenges and keep keep a clean sheet as best as possible. We've got a, def, a midfield which has got two cracking holding midfield players. It gives us extra reassurance. And the two wingers, when we attack on the break away from home, we've got the two wingers now and get the servicing. And we make more of those attacks. I think the fact we've got a much better, better balanced team and we can use different variety of tactics has played into the way we play away and at home. Hence why we're getting more points. No, fair point, mate. Okay. Look, we, oh, I was realised I wasn't facing the microphone. Let me. It's a bit of a rookie error. I'll very, very quickly um, get to Ramsey's email. I know he tried to call in a couple of times. So I want to make sure I get to this. Um, a lot of it we've covered, and I think there is, there's a good talking point in there. Uh, and then we'll quickly preview Blackburn and get the hell out of it. Um, uh, Ramsey says he wasn't at the game yesterday, but he has a few comments on the last week as a Palace fan for over 40 years. So a lot. It's been for a hell of a lot. Um, first of all, Dougie will always be a legend as a player. Uh, it's always been clear that he had a special affinity for the club as a player, uh, and even when he went to Southend and Leeds. Uh, however, he asked for the manager's job when Burley was fired, and he was given the chance to start his career as a manager, and he should be grateful that Palace allowed him the chance to start his manager- managerial career. Uh, Dougie's legacy as a manager will depend on how we do over the rest of the season, and if we keep our current squad largely intact. Turmoil at Palace, caused by this unexpected departure, could alert other teams to some disquiet, and they may decide... It's coming for our stars, Saha, Jedi, Belassi, Williams, Delaney, KG, Moritz, etc. And um, that's which is which is a fair point, and some sort of mentioned in passing. Uh, he says also wonder if Gartside will indulge Dougie, and uh, um, as well as taking Lenny and Curtis, he may come back for players which whom he has a deep bond. And by all accounts, his departure was an emotional one. Again, we made reference to that, and, and I'm certain there's some players who would whose concern is probably possibly more Dougie than uh, than Palace and. As Ramsey says, he hopes the players still feel committed to Palace rather than Freeman. Um, he says, regarding him, I can't help feeling he has been critical of the mentality at the club. He's made some interesting comments in recent weeks. Um, E.g., I'm trying to change the mentality of the people at the club who don't believe we can be a premiership uh, club. Um, and he's saying, was he aiming those at CPFC 2010? Could be what we're talking about when we mention ambition. And, and that was the word that kept coming out, unfortunately. So that, that could well be it. I think Ramsey's made a very good point there. Um, he says, if particularly after his program notes last week, the whole Bolton thing was a monumental mistake as he tried to get a better contract and an agreement to back him up with more money for targets, etc. Uh, I don't know, but it does seem plausible that it went badly wrong. And it seems only one logical reason for an ambitious man who had a deal bond with his squad, the club and the fans. For him to walk out without an explanation is bizarre. And I'm sure more will be said about this later. Maybe he's holding back as he needs to get Curtis and then on board by one ASAP. Uh, and that's the point. And obviously, Ramsey's Ramsey's talking about the sort of rumours and what have you that, that sort of uh, sort of go sort of go have been going round. And and I think the one the one thing I wanted to draw from that was um was that was Ramsey's point that Dougie has been has made the comment that he's looking to change the mentality of people at the club who don't believe we can go up, sort of thing. Um, I don't think that. I don't know, he might be aiming that at CPFC 2010, uh, and I don't know what's said behind closed doors, none of us do, but 
but I don't think any outward message from the owners has ever been anything other than we want to go up. Uh, I'll get a very brief comment from you guys on that. Uh, what are your thoughts, Mark? Oh, God. Um, brief as you can. I, 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 I'm, I'm still in two minds. As I said at the beginning of the show, the thing that disappointed me most was the speed at which it all happened and the fact that Doogie didn't come out and, and say anything himself, so we're all left to to surmise as to what might be the reasons and we don't really know and I don't know whether we will ever know but um, and we did speak earlier uh, taking our players is is my major concern um, not the loss of Doogie so much but the actual lo- losing some of our team especially if we are going to mount a genuine promotion challenge yeah. okay good stuff Ramsey and Aaron what, what are your thoughts do you think um, do you think there's been any indication that maybe that that our board aren't ambitious, aren't, don't want to go, t- don't want to take us to the Premiership. Is there any logic to that? Uh, I would say absolutely not, because was this season not labelled as a season that we were going to go for it? Mm. We we're going to push on. I'm pretty sure I heard those words from someone saying that this was the season where we've got a good squad. We're going to push on and really try and make the run for the Premier League. So I don't think there's a lack of Im- ambition. I'm I'm still not entirely quite sure what's happened, but I yeah. think a lack of ambition is a no-no. We're definitely there to compete and get as high as we can at table and gain promotion. Yeah, I'm sure there's there's always going to be some probably some disagreement, certainly behind the scenes, on what constitutes ambition and and what maybe what what Dougie felt he needed. And I, again, the words were that if we're in this position in January, which you know the way we're playing is looking more likely, Could but. Probably, yeah. Um, then, then what do we do? And I would say that, being sensible and prudent, I would kind of expect the answer to be, well, we do more of the same. You know, we maybe look at, you know, the the, the sort of striking areas, maybe because um, we've sent Good Willie back, um, and so clearly we've still got, um, you know, if Murray's out, we've, we've pretty much we've got Jermaine Easter and Aaron Wilbraham, and if those two aren't going to give us the same thing that Murray gives us, then then we've got to look out, look around out there. So person, from my personal perspective, I can kind of understand a degree of hesitancy from from the board, and maybe that was misinterpreted as, as something else. I, I don't know. It's really hard not to speculate. We've been doing it all show, and, and I'm just doing, I'm doing it again, so I'm going to stop myself. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, it's, I mean, I really do hope that there's some, some more clarification, but at the same time, I just I hope we can just move on as well. I hope Dougie moves on and, and gets on with his job in, in Bolton. I wouldn't say I wish him any major success there or anything like that. I don't. I don't wish him ill as a as a human being. But um, you know, I certainly don't want to see see them up in the upper reaches of the league. Um, that's just just how I feel right now. Maybe I'll feel different over time, uh, and we'll see what we get in. Hopefully, it won't be too long. I know the board don't want to wait around. So, and and they've been doing interviews. I think someone said that they were doing going to do an interview after the Leicester game. So we'll see how people get on. We'll see we'll see who who impresses the most and who fits the. You know, description of the sort of manager that they want, and I, I still think it's right. It's a, it's a fantastic job for someone. So that's the last we'll say on that for this show. I'm sure we'll re- revisit it in the future. Um, so you've got a game coming up on on Saturday um, against Blackburn. I want to make quick mention of the fact that there's um, it's a bit of a happening going on in the Arthur Waite stand. There's a few of us bit moving of a over. To, <laughs> bit of a happening, moving over to Block W at the Arthur Waite. Um, 
there's a few of the lads up there, mainly uh, sort of guys who've been starting up, Aston and Stuart, really. Um, but there's plenty of plenty of lads up there, and I know Les Jill has been getting onto the club about maybe supporting us a little bit on that. Um, but we're all, we're all having a go in the half weight, basically. That's that's the whole thing. Trying to spread in the love. Yeah, but obviously the Homesdale's got the HF, and it's and it's fantastic. There's the half weight massive as well. But we kind of like what what what's going on up there is there's all of it we kind of like meet up at an away game and uh and we all love the away atmosphere and obviously mark you've been a part of that in the last few weeks as well i think so it's like it just we just want to see if that can be recreated at home and you can't have too many areas singing you know and if it could all join up that'd be fantastic and get the whole ground sort of rocking but like do you know i just think if you if you're looking at getting a ticket for the blackburn game and you haven't picked where you're going to get it yet get it in uh block w <laughs> that's, where I'm going. that's why i always go <laughs> oh, what you'll go not if you I'm want a going. quiet, quiet day. Yeah, not if you want a quiet day. You want to, you want to be, you want to jump around like a lunatic and shout and scream. That's where you, where you want to be. So get yourselves in Block W and and, and join us. Um, um, oh, onto Blackburn, I think. It's got a message from from Steve Parrish. Yeah, Mike, if you can uh, take us through Blackburn while I reply. To yeah, yeah. Well, I've done a bit of homework on Blackburn for anyone who's still tuned in. Um, <laughs> this has Let's been a long, thing, a long show. <laughs> yeah, Blackburn's away form for you statisticians out there. Played six, won one, drawn five, lost none. So there's another record for us to end. Uh, based on the form table, Blackburn's away form is ranked 10th in the league, pretty average. Palace's home form is currently ranked 4th. Uh, Blackburn has scored 11 times and conceded 9 on the road. They've won at Bristol City and have drawn at Ipswich, Leeds, Forest, Charlton and most recently at Derby. So they haven't really played any of the big hitters. Um, they've scored in all but one of their six away games. Top scorer is Jordan Rhodes. With five, then Nuno Gomez with four goals. Other players of note that people might have heard of or remember, Paul Robinson in goal, uh, Scott Dan, Martin Olsen in defence, Bradley Orr in defence, ex-QPR, Danny Murphy, ex-Liverpool, Morton Gamps, Pedersen in midfield with There's Danny Murphy. <laughs> yeah, Jordan Rose, Colin Kazim Richards and Leon Best. They choose from to play the striker's role. And one point of trivia, Blackburn have not conceded or been awarded a single penalty this season. They and Ipswich are the only two teams in the championship where this statistic applies. Whereas Mark Palace have been awarded nil-nil. five <laughs> and conceded two. But Mark uh, says it's nil-nil, yeah, and in the 90th minute they get a penalty. <laughs> <laughs> um, hopefully, can I just nip in there? Thanks for the details, Mark. We're, yeah. uh, Steve Parrish is going to join us very shortly, hopefully. Um, we can get, this, get ourselves organised. Um, uh, sorry, Mark, because of that, I wasn't really listening. Would you finish right. your, st- your stats for this? Yeah, I was just <laughs> saying, actually, if Blackburn, are the, Blackburn and Ipswich are the only team, t- two teams in the whole of the league who've n- mm. either not been awarded or conceded a penalty <laughs> this season. Right. Well, we've, we've certainly well, had our well, fair share well, We've been awarded five and conceded yeah. two, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, uh, Alex, if you're there and available, can you take us through the listener predictions and we'll give you our own? Alex? No, Alex. Uh, guess I better do it. Um, well, actually, it. first of all, um, Mark, what's your prediction for the score? I've had two 0 Palace. I'm, cu- I'm very confident. Yeah, mm. Ooh, bloody hell, Aaron, you are similarly confident. I am. Uh, I can't see him not scoring. I'd say two one Palace. Two one Palace. Well, I, 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 I don't know how things are going. I think it'll be a good game. Personally, I can see it being like a one-one draw, maybe. 
Um, if um, can one of you gentlemen, while I'm doing something, uh, read out the scores from the bottom of the document? There's predictions. Yeah, there. Will gain uh, three one to Palace. Velassi to finally effing score. Uh, Lee Roots <laughs> two one Palace. Got the belief we can beat anyone at the moment. Just hope Goodwillie doesn't score and show us what he is made of. Oh, so maybe that's uh, that's a thought. Goodwillie's back at Blackburn anyway. Gavin O'Donnell says one nil. Palace against Blackburn. Ben Younger, 2-0 Palace. Blackburn won't turn up. And with the unveiling of our new manager, everyone will be on a high. That, well, we'll see about that. James D, 3-2 Palace, 16,000 attendance. Wolf makes their centre-backs look Sunday league. I think he does that every week, actually. <laughs> More to full-backs than the centre-backs. But anyway, Lee Ward says 2-1 to Palace. And Jif says 3-0 to Palace uh, for our first win by more than one goal. So those are the listener predictions for this coming Saturday. Fantastic. Um, oh, hang on. That might be Steve now. I think Mikey, I think he said he was going to phone us. Uh, Mikey. Oh, there you are, Steve. For this coming Saturday. Oh, I can Fantastic. hear us. Um, oh, hang on. That might be Steve now. I think, uh, hello, <laughs> I think he said he was going to phone us. Hi, Steve. I can, I can hear you, but I can hear us from you. That's quite weird. I'm trying to... Turn it off. Hold on, there you go. Yay! Oh, great. <laughs> First, oh, thank, thanks, for, thanks for coming in. Oh, um, well, I say coming in, it's not a real studio. I've already given that away. Um, well, obviously, the, the topic of discussion is Dougie leaving. Um, yeah, listen, I had a, a, just the tail end of it. I, I guess the main reason for, for sort of saying I'd come on is just to clear a few things up that have gone on this week, you know, and I'm happy to answer questions, obviously, without you know, divulging things from people's contracts and stuff like that that, 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 that wouldn't really be fair to do. Um, but I've seen some stuff this week that, that's just garbage. Um, things, you know, we've all seen this blog. I mean, it's incredible for me that people can purport things to be absolute matters of fact that are either, either stuff they've been told that's complete nonsense or things that they have literally just sat there and made up you know, it, yeah. I find it incredible and it disturbs all the fans. It ends up with fans in, you know, this camp or that camp, you know, and, and look, there's nothing particularly sinister that went on. Um, obviously, we look back from, at situations, all of us in life, and, and, and you try and learn from them and, and see what you could have done different. Uh, but so, sometimes things just pan out the way they do. You know, people have to make very fast decisions in football because... Yeah of the nature of, of, of the game and, and, and the way these approaches work and when you need to buy players and, you know, things things sometimes happen. But, you know, Dougie and I had a great relationship. Dougie felt that it was the best thing for him on the balance of what we talked about and what he talked about to Bolton, that, that, that he should go there, you know. And, and I don't... Nobody knows 100% what goes through somebody else's head. But there was nothing sinister. I, I met with Dougie on Sunday. We had a great chat. Um, I, I laid out where we were as a club and what I thought that we could do. Uh, that included the situations that related to him. The money that, that it's been said that he was on is nonsense. You know, he was on a good package for a first-time manager. Obviously, his second contract, that would need to have, have, have been looked at. And, we, mm. uh, and that was precipitated by Bolton coming in. We looked at that. Um, we, we, you know, we offered a, a, a good adjustment on that. Dougie was the guy that we wanted to stay as Crystal Palace manager. 
that you know all this was he pushed nonsense. Why, why, why would I push somebody out that's got us to fourth in the league? Yeah. And everything's going Steve. Right, you Steve. Know. Steve. Can I just ask you a question though? Initially, when Bolton came in, yeah, I'm listening. You said, sorry, you said, uh, or this is what we're led to believe anyway. You said that the Palace <laughs> did not give them permission to speak, and then it was almost like within 24 hours that he was then having talks with um, Bolton and, and it's just a, it's just I'm only speaking on behalf of as a Palace fan on behalf of lots of other fans who, who are sort of in the dark as it were or not sure what to believe or who to believe and that's all we're but just the trying legal, to really the legal out. position is if you give somebody permission to talk to your manager before you get the compensation agreed in writing you have a chance of not getting that compensation Right. Because by giving somebody permission, you're acquiescing, if you like, that they can go. Right. So our advice was, you know, you mustn't. Our inclination was to not give permission, and our advice was to not give permission. So, and also the fans wanted to know something. It was all out on the internet everywhere. We'd known since, I think it was Friday night. I think the email came in, um, asking for for permission. Obviously, we kept it from everybody until after the game because, you know, we didn't want that to be the focus. We, we wanted everybody to concentrate on the game. And um, then, so we said there's no permission. And then very quickly, we managed to agree compensation with them. So, mm. you know, I put to um, Dougie on Sunday, you know, this is the vision for the clubs. This is what we're doing. You know where we are. This is what we're doing in January. There's absolutely, Lenny was in the room. No, I do not want to sell anybody in January. Right. That's the, the, this stuff that, I mean, there's one, like, the numbers are so ridiculous, you know, that we're going to get X for Wilf and Dougie's only allowed to have a million pound of it. And why mm. would we sell him in January? Yeah, well, that's... Uh... He would think that I would sit in a room to a manager that's just been approached by another club that we want to stay and say to him, I mean, it... it it literally is ludicrous that somebody yeah. would even think to believe that. It, yeah. you know, and, and I don't... Listen, this is not about my personal credibility. It's as much about Dougie's. You know, we had a sensible grown-up conversation. In the end, Dougie said to me that he still wanted to talk to Bolton. I then didn't speak to anybody. I literally didn't speak to anybody until he told me that he was going. I had every single news outlet in the country texting me, emailing me, people bombarding Mike Sinnerton at the club for a mm. comment. Because I knew there would be nothing that I could say and you just couldn't get it right. Anything I said would, would make it more difficult for him to come back from those discussions saying, look, I, I've had to think about it. Actually, on balance, I'd like Gee. to stay Palace. I wanted him to feel like there was no barrier to him coming mm. back and doing that. And I Gee. thought, as a young manager, if you wanted to go and talk to another club, that's that's fine, but I don't want somebody at our football club who doesn't want to be there. Mm. Don't want to go. Yeah. To else. Is that? I mean, is that essentially the the impression you got from the? You know, you've obviously worked hard at this chat on the, on the Sunday. You felt it was a good, positive chat, but but at the end of it, Dougie saying, you know, I still want to talk to Bolton. Do you, at that point, do you think, well, clearly he doesn't want to be here, or was or was it? Did you did you still were you still surprised when he came back and said, I still, uh, you know, I want to go. If he was an older manager. I would have thought it was all would have all been done. This is the problem. When Bolton came in, you don't know, do you? You know, you don't 100% know. 
you know, I know Dougie is a man, and I didn't think that he would have had big discussions with them beforehand. Mm. You know, I would have thought they contacted him, and he probably said something like, if you want to talk to me, you have to go through the front door. Now, in a strange way, in doing it right, it almost makes it more difficult, you know, because there's always that doubt when a club contacts you. You think, oh, what are all these discussions that have gone on, you know? It's almost are you saying, though, Steve, that, that, um, that Dougie was in talks with Bolton before he actually approached no, so you and said... People get, I, I think the complete opposite. I think right. they, prob- they, they, you know, they wouldn't have contacted... I think what happened was, and he said this in his Croydon Advertiser statement, he said he's had other clubs contact him and he's always said to them, you've got to go to the front door. So what he's basically saying to them is, I'm not going to have any conversations with you unless you get permission to speak to me. Mm-hmm. So well, that's completely different to what, what, what people have been reading or heard or, or has, has been in the press, yeah? Well, because we don't know. Because the, comment, the irony of it is, that's, for all the fact that that's what's meant to happen, it isn't yeah. the way it normally happens. And I'll tell you why it isn't the way it normally happens. is because the moment you ask permission to talk to a manager at a club, the club assumes you've already talked to them and it causes turmoil at the club. Mm-hmm. You know, it can cause damage between the, the relationship with the chairman and the manager, even yeah. if the manager doesn't in the end want to go. So, mm. but I don't, I, I don't think Dougie had had discussions with them. I think he played it with a straight bat and he said, you've got to contact the club. Mm-hmm. So then we had a brief chat after the game, agreed to have a chat on Sunday. I didn't know if he'd had um, any conversations with them. Mm. I, I, I didn't want to believe that he had. And when I spoke to him, he certainly hadn't had any in-depth conversations. I think all that happened is he'd been contacted and, you know, he'd said, you've got to go through the front door to them. So then they contacted us. So yeah. that then gave us a problem in that he hasn't had any conversations with them, right? So he doesn't, he doesn't know. I would assume, I don't know how they contacted him. Maybe they said, we would pay you X or we would do this. or we, I don't know, you know. So maybe there was a snippet of information but not enough for him to change his job. If he'd have been an older manager, I think at the point where he said, I'm going to go and talk to them, it would have been, it would have been over. But knowing that he's, you know, he's quite new to it and, you know, he, he, in his own way, he's being, he's being very straightforward, but probably a little bit naive. I then, mm-hmm. look, let's give him this chance to go and talk to them. I genuinely didn't think that he would go. I thought that what we got going on at the club with the results, the way everybody feels about things, I just felt that, you know, he'll go, he, we've made him a decent, he'll go and have a look and he'll, and he'll, he'll realise that this is the best place for him, for his career, for the club, for everything at the moment. Mm, um, yeah, that's true. But As I say, Steve, is, um, that's the true thing about Dougie. I generally didn't believe he would go either. Another Another question that popped up as well was, uh, the lack of ambition, perhaps Dougie thought that there was a lack of ambition at the club to go forward. Um, that, I don't believe there's any uh, truth to that. Uh, what is the ambitions for the club? Did Dougie truly believe we were going forward? Well, we are going forward, aren't we? Yeah. I mean, we, we are. That, that, that's a fact. You know, I think yeah. that um, Dougie's a very ambitious uh, manager. I think he wants mm. to do very well. And... Uh, I think he's, a, he's, he's impatient. He's got that, you know, he's got that. When you're 37, 38 as a manager, if you're in normal business, you would be considered 
sort of middle age, you know. Yeah. In football, you're yeah. young because you haven't been in that situation before and you're learning a lot of the lessons that people have learned in their sort of 20 years of business. I think there was a problem, you know, probably um, in that Dougie didn't, hasn't worked anywhere else, right? Mm. And it's easy to assume that every, the grass is greener, you know, and that everywhere else is, they've got more and all that kind of thing. Um, you know, so we'll see how he finds other places. You know, at the end of the day, Bolton have got a brand new training ground. They've got, a, you know, Dougie's a perfectionist, you know, in a really positive way. I mean, he wants everything around him to be the best for the players, for the environment, for everything. You know, that's what he wants, you know. And I think, obviously, those kind of things, when he goes to Bolton, they've got a new training ground and new ground. You know, that's not where we are yet. You know, they've got the parachute money, which means that, you know, they've got players on, 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 on more money. They've arguably got more money to spend on players. I don't know what they promised in there. Um you know, but Steve, you can have all the fixtures and fittings in, in the world, but if you haven't got the players, it doesn't make any difference. And I feel at Palace, we have the players now to mount a serious uh, promotion charge this season. And uh, I don't believe Bolton do. Job in, in, you know, in getting a squad together with, with you know, what we've got available to do. I think he did an outstanding job. You know, I never said any different. Um, and I felt that, you know, we, 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 I, I thought he, he was our Steve Copper, you know, I thought he'd be the manager for the next nine years, you know, I, I, yeah. you know, and, and I've got to look at, you know, I don't, this is not a kind of, it's not my fault, no, you know, clearly there's something that I, the, you know, I didn't do or comfort or whatever, I don't know, you know, there's clearly things we've got to look at in the future, you know, and, and we're new to it as well. But this this stuff that there's something sinister, you know that there's 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 you know somehow some kind of conspiracy theory yeah. to, to 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 get him out is 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 really nonsense, guys. I mean, it just is nonsense, you know. And it, it, the most important thing now is, you know, the manager's made his decision. We're all upset about it because we, you know, we, we, we but we've got to move on. We're fourth in the league. My job now is to find somebody that can come in. And carry that work on. The players were outstanding yesterday. Lenny was outstanding. Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, that was the best away. And people said, is it the best away performance? Well, Man United was a one off. You know, mm -hmm. at the end of the day, we defended for a lot of it. We stuck one in the top corner and then we nicked one at the end, you know, and it was a one off. Yeah. And, <laughs> and of course, it was a great away performance. Brighton didn't play great in the first half. You know, I thought they waned. Leicester are a better team than Brighton were last season. You know, yeah, they're definitely. Totally Unbeaten at home, we go there. No one gives us a chance as usual. And for forty-five minutes yesterday, we were superb, absolutely yeah. superb. And the oh. second half, we were solid um, and, and worried him on the break. So, you know, Dougie's left us an amazing legacy. I think everybody should, you know, remember that and thank him for that. The people that want to get on his back, you know, and 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 and, and you know. He just made a decision for his life, for his family, for his career, for what he wants to do. It's not like he's done us a disservice, guys, getting us to where he's got us, is it? You know, no, not, not at all. Left us in, you know, he hasn't dumped us and we're, we're third bottom or fourth bottom. You know, the improvements that Dougie has made to our club are unbelievable. You talk to the players, the training ground is unrecognisable in terms of structure, organisation, quality. Now, we've, we've backed him, you know, we've got, 
everything costs money in a football club. We've got new pitches down at the training ground, you know, ice baths. We've done up all the changing rooms. It does matter, guys, the environment, you know? It does mm. matter. You know, that, that you can't, you know what we've done inside the club. You know, you can't have paint peeling off the walls and things that dirty and expect people to, to have excellence around you, you know, in the catering or playing or the, you know, if you want standards to be high, you've got to have standards of your own that are higher. Obviously, there's a limit to what we can do. But I had no objection to any of that with Dougie. Obviously, it was a tension because there's only mm. so much money, you know. But, you know, he's got great standards. He's put them into our football club. We need somebody now who's going to come in and, 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 and carry that on. And the reality is, in football, guys, nothing's forever, is it? You know, exactly. the nature of it. You know, he's done a great job for our club. Let's thank him. You know, not get on his back for going there. If he doesn't get clapped when he comes back to Sellers Park, I, I, I will be so upset for the man. He, you know, the things that he's done for our club, he's made a decision for himself in a pressured situation and he's gone away to manage another football club. That's all he's done. He ain't killed anyone. Mm. Or, you know, he's just gone to manage another football club. <laughs> should be welcome back to Sellers Park. Thank you. For us now, we should stop talking about it and just move on and, and, and get ourselves another manager and see what we can do. Okay. And, and uh, we'll... we'll... So, talking of moving on, um, how far along the line are we? Uh, and obviously, you mentioned it there. Is is it a genuine concern that you've got to be so careful not to appoint someone who might sort of come in and try and change too much? If you know what I mean. If Dougie's, you know, Lenny talked about it as well. He, he's put you know standards of, of you know of performance and discipline in place that, that the club is benefiting from, and we can see that when we're winning games effectively without a manager. Is is it hard to sort of you want someone with experience, but they're going to want to be their own man, aren't they? I think it's a, it is difficult because you can also try and get something that's like a like a you know a budget Dougie. Do you know what I mean? You, you don't yeah. want to get you know you don't want to get something that that, that just try and get something. Pound shop Dougie. <laughs> Pound shop Dougie. Yeah, yeah you, know, you, you know what I'm saying, guys. You know you don't want to go for something that's the same and end up with something that's not quite as good and sort of a pale imitation of it. You know, I think I think you we've got to just actually you know just go we are where we are what do we think is going to move it forward what do we think is going to you know make everybody think well this is you know let's go this is this is they mean this you know i think that's 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 part of it as well um and we, we, we you know we've we, we've gone through some great candidates some of which are not in jobs so we've been able to see them and, you know, we really want, if it's at all possible, we want to try and get somebody in for Blackburn. Okay. But, but you know, we've got to get the right person. And luckily, Lenny and, and Curtis have done a great job in the week, four points out of six, which, mm. which you know, look, we've got Blackburn at home, tough, tough game. Um, I, I heard you guys, you know, I will beat them 2-1. I mean, look, they're, they're, they're a good side, you know, parachute club, and, and they've kept a lot of their players. And then I think we've got Ipswich and Peterborough. Um, we, you know, right now you've got to fancy our chances from with where we are and where where they are. Good squads, both, but but not doing as well as maybe they would have hoped. Peterborough have picked up definitely lately, mm. but you, you you know you you'd, you'd fancy us against those sides. And so if not for Blackburn, definitely we want somebody installed before the, the, the those two games. Steve, um, though, is it about getting? 
it's got to be about getting the right person. So if it takes longer than a week, you've prepared to ha- hold on till you find that right person, or, or course, would yeah. you want someone in place ASAP? Yeah. No. I mean, look. Of course, we're not going to get the wrong person for the sake of a week. But equally, you know, we, we, we saw people after the game last night. We, you know, we've done work on it today. Equally, we're not going to sit around. You know, we're proactive on it. We're, we're making things happen. We're making phone calls. We're taking phone calls. We're making lists. We're, we're chatting about it. We're knocking it around. We're thinking about this one, that one. You know, we're, we're, and then and then you know we want to get in a position where. You know, we want to make an approach if we have to do that, or we want to sign somebody up if they're if they're if they're not currently employed. So, um, you know, and there's different as you've all talked about. You know, there's different shapes and structures, and you know, what 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 assistants and do you have a director of football? You know, how do you do it? Uh, do you have a young one with an older one? All that kind of stuff. So that needs to be worked through, and 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 we're getting there. And we want to do it as quickly as possible because if we can get the right man this week, that would obviously be the perfect thing, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. Did you, um, as you, I mean, you mentioned it in the press, did you seek counsel with Steve Coppel at all? I had a chat to him, yeah. And um, he, he gave us some views on who he thinks, you know, who he thinks is doing well and, and people that he's met that he thinks are good. Mm. But not himself. No, <laughs> I think he would be happy to be involved in some way. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think, I don't think a fifth term is for him right mm. now. But I think he would be happy to, you know, he, he would love to come and help. You know, when you manage a championship football club, boys, it is 24-7, really yeah. is. You know? And, you know, I think maybe if somebody came in the Premier League for Steve, he'd probably like another tilt at that. Mm. And arguably, you know, he's, 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 he's good enough for that. I also think he worries about, you know, Four times at a club, and and never he's never let us down. Nothing's ever gone wrong. You know, there's always that chance that, that you come back one too many times. You know, yeah. And, yeah. and, and for whatever reason, things don't work out. So, you know, I don't think this time, but but I think he'd be happy to help in some way. Okay, fantastic. Oh, I'm just trying to pick up and see if there's any of the, the listeners trying to um. Trying to get in a few points. Um, there was something actually mentioned. It's completely off the subject about that. There's a rumored announcement about the ground. Yeah, I saw that. I, I, I don't know why. What it's all about? <laughs> News to you, yeah. yeah. Fair <laughs> that's that's very categorical. About the ground. Maybe it's not us. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> that's. I mean, that's that's about it in terms of um, of rumors and stuff. So I mean, again, so yeah, obviously. I think thank you so much for coming on and clarifying on that. And like you say, it, it's strange that some people seem to feel the need to to identify a conspiracy. And and like you've made it clear, it doesn't actually make sense when you when you when you even look at if that was the case. All you would have done is inconvenience yourself. And you're now in a situation where you know we obviously want to be looking forward and and building on this wonderful round of form. And people want to have a conspiracy theory. What you know because that's just all Christopher Neil. You know, it, it, even two people in a room, because different things are going through their mind at the time, could disagree on what really happened in that room, can't they? You know, yeah, they you never really get to the bottom of anything like this in, in a way, because, you know, if you actually, oh, I was thinking that, sometimes it's two or three years later, you have a conversation and you go, you know, oh, I didn't realise I was hung up on this and you, you know, but it's the stuff that's written 
that is written, uh, you know, on a nod and a wink stuff, you know. We've had all that on the BBS this week, you know. Well, I know that, you know, there's no real fact, it's just I know. I know somebody who knows, and I absolutely know that it, there's more to this than meets the eye and he was pushed. Or, you know, the blog, which is, which is paragraphs and paragraphs of complete fabrication. Mm. I mean, anybody who writes that, that Dougie's salary is 100 grand, as a, I know, you know, Dougie's, and then they write all this other stuff. At the point where they write 100 grand, it's so far wrong that their credibility is, is shot. You know, when they're, when they're saying it as an absolute statement, the fact that they know. Yeah. I think that's what's unfair to the fans. They're, they're, people are spending their day debating stuff that's just, you know, I mean, how can you write, you know, write a blog, you don't even sign it. Yeah. Whereas, send everybody into a frenzy and you haven't even got the bottle to say who you are. It's it's well, it's amazing. Like you say, all it's done is upset. You know, it's supposed supposed to be fellow fans, isn't it? And and all he's done is just upset people. Of people at the club, and so he should be, right? So you know what happens then is because somebody comes out, you know, having a go at him, then somebody has to write this nonsense defending him, and then we've got everybody's at each other's throats, and that's not us, boys, is it? That's no. not Palace. That's not what no, we're about. Point. You know, that's not what yesterday was about with the fans, which was unbelievable display. You know, yeah. I mean, I don't know if you were at the game. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, we were, yeah. I mean, <laughs> we were cracking up with some of the banter, you know. Yeah. I mean, that, that was the best of Terrace banter between the two sets of fans, don't you think? Yeah, it was. Oh, it was Billy is charged. <laughs> yeah, so even Barnsley was a bit like that. We had uh, South London's Red Blue Army just over and over, and that that took me back to sort of the old days of just you know just a constant chanting, just making like, noise, just day, support. Frustration, you know that game when 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 we just sang and sang and sang. But yeah. I mean bits, the bits where you know you nicked all our songs and shall we write a song for you? <laughs> yeah. and, and the way we just went when we let them sing it. And then we went, right, we finished. Right, this is how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we love you. Oh, it's just beautiful, isn't it? And I was, the best at it. There was a thing on the, the... I almost wanted to post on one of the Leicester forums because I was with Stephen in the car going home and we were looking at the forums and there was a Leicester fan. Well, it's not really their song anyway, you know. But I, no, it isn't our song originally, but it's like I Will Always Love You by Whitney Houston. It's a Dolly Parton song, but it isn't anymore, is it? Do you know what I mean? She yeah, made it her own. Yeah. You know, we, we, we sing it the best. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. Absolutely that's right. The point. We perform it the best. That's why it's now our song, because no one sings it like we do. Um, and it was funny yesterday. Great, a great day. It really cheered us up. We had a difficult week, as you can imagine. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, 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 it was fantastic. The fans were absolutely brilliant. But that, that's my main thing is, you know, Dougie's, Dougie's a legend at our club. He's a legend to me. He saved us from relegation. He saved us from relegation, what, three times? You know, he's given me some of my greatest moments. I was in the ground where, when he stuck it in the top corner walls in the playoffs when they just got one back. You know, you, you can't, you know, if he was, he's going to leave sometime. Everybody leaves sometime in football, guys. You know, that's football. Um, and, but there's nothing sinister. We didn't push him out. We wanted him to stay. He, we didn't say or do the right things. He felt that he was, you know, Bolton was a better place for him right now. It's done, and we need to move on. Absolutely. Onwards and upwards. 
Well, I don't. I don't think there's any uh, any sort of mileage in taking that any further. I think that's the perfect message to end it on. Steve, thank you so much for for coming on and talking to us. No problem. Cheers, much appreciated. Thanks, we'll be in Steve. touch. We'll see. Thank care. you, Steve. Bye now. Take care. Bye. Okay, fantastic. Well, uh, hopefully you don't mind us uh, extending the show. I'm sure you re- sure you were happy for us to do so. Um, again, I think <laughs> we think now looking at the time, I'm just going to leave it there. Thank you so much to everyone for listening. Thank you to Steve for coming on right at the end there, and obviously co-presenters, fantastic. We'll be back next week. Bye. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. No, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.